It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. I'm having nightmares right now. Matt Hayes. Their D's going to be really good. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, And Leon Searcy. Somebody has to go on the crowd. How you like me now? How you like me now? Hope day. Get it rolling. Noon hour, half of your work week has been claimed. Did you win it or did you lose it? You got the second half of the work week to try and make up for it if you, if you took the L. But uh, halfway through and steaming towards uh, the holidays and shopping and all that stuff, you know, we're a bunch of dudes. I don't know how quickly we get out and shop. but No, we no, no. Ask. Don't throw yeah. me in with your group, yeah. man. Yeah. Nope. I always nope. wait. I always wait. You want to know why? Because I like, I like it to be cold and busy. And when it's sunny and there's nothing happening at the at whatever the town center, or whatever, I don't like it. I'd rather be somewhere else. We've already I, I talked like it, about this. I like it when it's just a little frenzied craziness uh, around the shopping mall. See, I don't you, think you do. You I think you're just late. Wait, yeah. you well, like- I am late. I mean, you know me. That is how I am wired. Well, you, you don't like to be fiscally responsible, right? Yeah. Like everybody else is doing is 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 going about the business of shopping. Right. You and I like to wait. Exactly. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And we just kind of stroll yeah. in there, and we, we watch a little chaos. But we, I don't believe we get chaotic. I think we just mm. kind of chill. And, and by the way, I believe you are the same as me, Leon. Uh, we are buyers. We are not shoppers. Okay? Exactly. We yeah, know what we're going to get. I already get. know what I'm going to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Welcome in Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. Mia will be along in just a little bit. And if you are thinking about buying something for Christmas, buy a round of golf uh, for one of your favorite golfers on your list by heading over to the Golf Club of Southampton. You can drop on in there. They'll make up a nice little card for you. You can purchase it online. But uh, easy way to go. And by the way, I got to give a shout out to Derek and Willie. I think Willie who doesn't get enough mention on the show. He's also a DeStefano, all the vowels except you. He does a lot of the shopping for the pro shop, and they got mm. killer Jaguar logoed stuff inside the pro shop, uh, which you guys saw my, my Jaguar pullover. Pretty sweet. Got it right there at the Golf Club of Southampton. So check them out. If you're thinking about golf, don't forget tomorrow night, Thursday night trivia, and then Friday night music on the patio. So it was not music to our ears last night when Draymond Green was swinging on uh, another player, once again getting ejected from a basketball game, a roundhouse move by Draymond Green. Uh, let's just jump in on that. And then, Leon, I want you to think about this. Dirtiest player that you have ever faced because Draymond, oh, Draymond is getting a label he is. Uh, as maybe the dirtiest ever. Now, does he well, pass Dennis Rodman? Uh, based well, on the behavior, I, I mean, I, I think we we tend to forget how troublesome Dennis Rodman was. Yeah, uh, I just saw the blow uh, that Rayvon made, yeah, and, that's, that's I, a round and, house. and listen, it was a roundhouse. Absolutely, it you was a roundhouse. Yeah. And, and Matt saying he's got to go, and I was talking about this. You know, I'd rather have a guy like that on my team than to go up against a guy like that because I, you know, I defended a guy who was teetering going dirty, but was it uh, Greg Lloyd? <laughs> Greg oh, Lowe yeah. was on my team with the Steelers. I, I, I all thought right? you were going to say number 79 here locally. Oh, well, well you know, Dave, Dave as well. I mean, <laughs> I'd rather have Dave on my team and not on my team. Trust <laughs> yeah, me, he's been go. troublesome to a lot of players. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's easy to defend those guys when they're teammates of yours, mm-hmm. all right, because you don't look at it as dirty. You look at it as tough, gritty, getting after it, getting under another, another team's uh, skin. Yeah. That's the kind of thing you do. But, you know, when you're on the other side of the fence, they're considered dirty. All right, so honestly, and Draymond, we all have to remind ourselves, Mm -hmm. when he came into the league, he was a fairly complete player. He could score. He could create. Then he became a different 
basketball human being. He said, I'm going to play defense. We've got Splash Brothers. We've got all this other stuff that, you know, came in and out of that uh, Golden State Warriors uniform, including KD, when they, you know, won one of their titles. And he said, I'm going to be, like you said, the enforcer, the tough guy. Mm -hmm. And he plays with relentless effort and dirtiness as well. But it does reach a point where you're like, wait a minute, there ain't no place for this. You can't keep doing what you're doing and expect to get away with it. Matt, you want him to be suspended for how long? 25, 30 games. He's already been, he's already been, he's already been kicked out of three games this season. Yeah, already. He's been ejected three times. Right? And he's, he has a history of this, what he's done. Oh, there's no question. He has a history. Right? He's, and, and you said you know, he used to be like this player. He's all, first off, he's always been a turd. Always. That's not true. Oh, oh, come yeah. on. Always. I have always been a turd. Always. Yeah. From, I always from, consider your, him. from your perspective. Probably yeah. from Bird. I, I, think from, I think from not pretty much teams. anyone, an NBA fan who's watched Anybody this guy, who's not a Golden State Warrior fan. Well, let's ask yeah. the question. Was, yeah. was Dennis Rodman a turd? Absolutely. Sure he was. If to everybody else. The, to everybody else, absolutely. <laughs> but here's yeah. another but thing, you wanted too. him on your team. But wait, there's a there's – a, and I agree Golden with Leon. Golden State does not want him on the team right now. Right. He cost the team oh, yeah. he, all here's the time. The, look, like, here, here's he cost the team an NBA Finals yeah, potential. Here's, no, here's what needs to be said real quick. Yeah. I agree with Leon that Dennis Robin was bad. It's a different era, different game, different physicality to the game. You can't do that stuff now. They've made that decision now that it's a different game. Yeah, I always felt like Dennis Robin was a, was a, a, a savvy, dirty player. And, you know, he would – Get you in the shorts, you know. Savvy. He got shot you. Squeeze and- Carl Malone's butt. That's savvy. I have a different word for it. Yeah, there is a different word for that. That's a different word for that. Come on. But you even go back it's to. It's gamesmanship. <laughs> who was the dude blowing in LeBron's ear? Was oh. that Stevenson? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I just know that Draymond is straight dirty, okay? He's mm-hmm. become. Uh, he's lost his focus as a good basketball player. And I totally agree with what J.J. said, that Steph Curry and those guys, even though they're not calling him out, they know that he's costing them uh, valuable games, valuable opportunities. And, and like he, he's past the point of no return, is le- at least is what it looks like right now. But let me just make this one point. He's been ejected three times this year. Would you classify that as a dirty player? I think most of us would say yes. Yeah. Three yeah. out of like 30 games yeah, or Luka, whatever they've played. Luka has been ejected twice. Okay. okay, but it's not for assaulting players. Totally get it. Totally I mean, it. it's for it's for arguing with the ref. Totally get it. We remember just like a week or so ago, he put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. <laughs> yes, oh, I know. That was actually right there at the beginning of the season before that in-season tournament took place, which I still haven't figured no, out. No, that was like a week. That was like two weeks ago. No. Yes, it was. No. no it, it, when he it, put it Rudy someone, Gobert in a headlock, yeah, yes, it was. It's been like a month and a half, it feels like. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Anyway. He was saying, uh, I love you to Rudy. <laughs> he, 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 I mean, it was really just butt dumb what he did there. Mm-hmm. And this one, when he swings, and it's so obvious out there for, for God and everybody and all those cameras to see, there was no November 26, that. by the way. Yeah, November 26. So it was after Thanksgiving? Yeah. Like, this guy is out of control, man. Yeah, so I- he gets suspended, and he comes back, and he – Almost immediately does this again. He's yeah. he and his excuse was, "Hey, you know me, guys. When I physically assault somebody, I tell you, I don't, I don't apologize for it. But I'm apologizing now because I didn't mean to hit him in the face. I was trying to draw a foul, which I yeah, believe some of that. But yeah, he just... his his drawing fouls are always like he's throwing elbows. He's always flailing. Yeah. He's playing dirty on purpose. Yeah. to the- hit people with his trailing arms and legs. He's always been like that. Yeah, he always has. And you can't do what he did and say you were trying to draw a foul. There's just that that's just impossible. Um 
Uh, by the way, this goes all the way back to uh, yeah, this was mid November for for Draymond with uh, with Gobert. Yeah, November thirteenth. So yeah, that goes back. So anyway, it's been about a month since it happened, and then here he is again, and we'll find out how long he is going to be out this go around. Whether it's ten games, and if it's ten games, that's more than ten percent of the season. That's still a significant suspension. I would be shocked if it's that long. Yeah, yeah. I I I I, I think ten games is probably where they're going to land. Honestly. You can let us know what you think on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010, especially if you're an NBA fan. Can you defend him? Uh, and you can also hit us on YouTube uh, on the 1010XL uh, chat below uh, our live streaming going on right now. JJ, real easy for them to interact there. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! Let's, let me ask you gents something real quick, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. He gets 10 games. You think that's going to deter him from doing it again? No. Nope. No. I, I he think, gets 30 games. You think it's going to deter him from doing it again? No, I think he is who he is, and he's become a dirty player that is out of control more often than he's in control. I, I think at the very least you give him 30, he's going to think twice about doing it. Maybe, because obviously we got to remind everybody That's ourselves, 30 games without pay. Exactly. He's, he's losing game checks. Mm. And so he's making pretty nice coin, and if he does uh, get sat down that long, uh, it, it will mean something big. Now, you can compare it to – you know, like I said, ten more than ten percent of the season, you can take just have to take a look at all the other suspensions that other players have had to deal with. They suspended Ja Morant twenty five games for yeah, not waving. breaking any law. Right. I mean, he gun waving on social media. Gun waving on social media, which yeah. is just so what? Yeah, and that's Second that's Amendment that. right. I don't really care about that. And this guy goes out there and assaults players. All the time, yeah. and gets like slap on the wrist consistently. And John Morant's an exciting young player, and we sat him down for a ton of the season. Draymond's old, washed; he can't play offense anymore, and we treat him like a king. I'm not I'm treating tired him like a king. It. No, I'm uh, saying the yeah, league like yeah. they never because they never come down on Draymond like they should. Like it's funny when you have inside the lines versus outside the lines, and Adam Silver is charged with the idea of making sure that personal behavior, conduct, and all that stuff. Take it seriously because you don't want it to get out of control. So, heck, maybe even 25 games is a little too strong. But they needed to do something. They they needed to make sure that they sent that type of message to the rest uh, of the league. He just happened to be the, you know, in some ways the fall guy for it. Uh, but, yeah, Draymond, his all add up. If you go back over time, the last handful of seasons, he, he is he's making history right now. That's for sure. Uh, dirtiest player you ever faced, Leon? Oh, dirtiest player? Uh, Romanowski. Bill Romanowski. Bill Romanowski, okay. That's probably a lot of guys' answer. Hell of a a player. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, motor guy, smart guy, intense guy, whatever. Remember, I was was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We played the Philadelphia Eagles at at, uh, 1995. I can't remember. It was 1995, Med And I remember specifically we were running a play where I'm double-teaming with the tight end, double-teaming the tight end, and then I was supposed to take the Mike linebacker if he scrapes. So Mm -hmm. great double-team. He scrapes. I hit him. I take him to the ground. While I'm on the ground trying to get off of him, he is mofoing me. He's, you fat this, you fat, get off Ooh. of me, this, that. So I gave it back to him. You know, I'm giving it back to him. He's giving it back to me. You know, that's just football. So when I get off of him, right, he kicks me in the jewels, family jewels. Kicks me in the family jewels. You're serious. Yes, he does. And I go and swing at him. My teammates grab me, right? And I, say, and I just pointed to him. I say, I, I, I'll get you. I, I'll find a way to get you. Never got him until. And the big fella don't forget nothing. And I was telling Matt Hayes this. He's trying to find actually the I'm tape. I'm trying to find it. Trying to tie and, the tape. Do not send him down the rabbit hole. So Stay in, in the show. So um, I never got him again in the game, right? 
But in 1996, yeah. Jaguars divisional round against the Denver Broncos, I found Romanowski again. Uh, same play. This is how Karma works. It's the same exact play. I'm double teaming with the tight end, linebacker scrapes. I come off and I destroy him. <laughs> and I walk over to him when I hit him. Yeah. I said, I remember it. <laughs> Big fella, don't I, forget. I didn't forget. <laughs> and that's that's how Karma works. You didn't say anything no, really I nasty. Did, I, no, I just stood over him and said, I remembered. I remember. Yeah, I he's got, got a and long Matt's, list. Matt's got to uh, find that. Find yeah. that, man. Romo, you probably yeah, have I'm, to watch the whole game. That's going to happen. I'm going to Watch the whole game and you'll see it. And, and he's the classic one. Was he spitting J.J. Stokes? But see, but yeah, he did. But see, here's the thing, though. Nothing magic. But the dirty kick Larry to me, centers. in my opinion, I, I consider him a dirty player. Mm-hmm. But to his teammates, that's just intensity. I yeah. love him. I was just I was talking about this. But he was here. dirty. Well, he, well, t- in my opinion, he was dirty. I don't know how his teammates. I don't know. Well, I mean, he spit on a guy. I don't know if his teammate Marcus Williams loved him, who he punched in the face and broke his eye socket and he did ruined his entire career. He did do that. Forgot that. Yeah. So there's there's dirty. Well, okay. Well, Draymond also punched a teammate in the face. I tried to refrain from calling guys labeling guys, but if you do stuff like that, then maybe you have to put that label. Yeah, you do. And I was joking earlier, Dave Wydell. Uh, yeah, long time. Great teammate of mine. Yeah, Levon Kirkland hates him. Absolutely hates him. And Dave Wydell. And, and, and Levon's a good friend of mine. And he, and I asked Levon maybe a couple of years ago after I retired. He said, "I said Levon, who 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 on the team that you didn't like in the Jaguars? Oh, Dave, Dave Wydell. <laughs> quick came out of his mouth real quick. I said, well, what did he do to you? Oh, he's just dirty. He's dirty. But and he was, was voted. I yeah. want to say in the nineties is one of the top ten. Top yeah, 10. You know me, to me, he's a lovable character. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I love him. I love him. All right, so 641-1010, if you guys want to throw an idea at what you think should happen to Draymond Green, definitely dig in on that. We got the Jaguars that we got to get into because uh, Doug Peterson, uh, his latest presser, uh, the cut that we'll play, just to kind of set this up, courtesy of Jaguars.com, this is the Wednesday presser. He's already had press conferences after the uh, back-to-back losses. This one to the Joe Flacco led Browns, and you heard what he had to say Sunday Sunday evening, then you heard what he had to say Monday, so now he, here he is again. So listen to this cut, and basically simply saying that, you know, this late into the season, you can't have some of the miscues, mistakes, performances that this football team put out there on Sunday. Here's your head coach. It's interesting because, you know, lack of focus. Um, I just think sometimes it's it, it kind of – I know one thing. You, you, at this at this level, at this at this game, where we are this late, um, we've played a lot of football, obviously, and um, you know those things just just can't they can't happen, obviously, and, and it really just does does come down to those guys just talking, right, and just having conversation on the field, just staying locked into the game plan. So he's talking about the defense in particular. And the blown assignments. Coach Campo was in here yesterday. We did our Campo and Joe podcast. You can definitely go look for it on our social channels and find it. But he went into you know those big busts that obviously led to points. But when you hear him, you heard what he just said. Your the head coach Leon. He sounds. I mean, do you hear how many pauses he it's had? Not like he was going to cry. Oh my gosh. He, he he either wanted to go off on him and just wanted to be you know like I got I got I got to be measured here. I can't mm-hmm. I can't go off on my players right now. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, what he's doing, he's questioning their professional levels. When he's talking about focus, I mean, that, he's talking about study. He's talking about guys uh, putting in the preparation and the time and, and then yep. going out on the field and executing it. And right now he's putting that their professionalism in question because he's saying we go over this stuff 
throughout the whole week, and then you're not accountable for the information that we're giving you throughout the week, and you're not going out there and executing it on Sunday at a high level. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's what the whole thing is. And it, and I, I was talking about this earlier, uh, talking about this earlier, the hack. You know, when there's communication problems between Trevor Lawrence and and um, Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. it's both their fault. You know why? Because in my whole time with Mark and Jimmy, there was no communication problem. You know why? Because either Mark went in the wide receivers uh, meeting to sit down with the wide receivers to make sure there was no issues, or the receiver came in the quarterbacks uh, meetings to make sure there's no communication issue. You got to be kidding me. Week 15, yeah. and you're telling us there's communication issues between the quarterback and the wide receiver? Yeah. It's both their fault. They, they sh- either one of them needs to take the initiative and say, hey, listen, this can't happen again. We need to be on the same page when there's a blitz and there's a check. Turn your your head around and get the ball. Mm-hmm. That, that, point period. Blank, period. Yeah. Well, it's also that specifically, that's quarterback receiver. I mean, that's like high school stuff. It's side adjustments. Exactly. Like, I, I don't even know how that could be a communication problem. That's number one. Number two, clearly it's communication problems with everyone because he's talking about the defense there too. Mm-hmm. And number three, and I think this is a very telling – a telling situation right now by the mm-hmm. way he was hesitating as he was talking. Oh my gosh, yeah. And he and they, let's way, let's just put it this way. If they lose to the Ravens yeah. and they have those same problems, yeah. he will go off in them publicly. Yeah. And by the way, this was specifically the question was asked frustrated by the lack of focus on defense. So this was specifically about the busted plays and when they needed it most, they didn't get it. The Trayvon Walker just completely missing the responsibility with Njoku just, you know, flagging it down the center of the field. He didn't go with him. And then the decision that the coaches made to go goal line, which Coach Campo talked about yesterday, he said he still can't figure that out. So here's the other soundbite that we'll play from Doug Peterson from this morning, basically saying that he challenged the coaching staff on these communication issues because, yes, it's player, but it's also the coach. I challenge the coaching staff, you know, really to listen in practice, right? Listen to the to the communication. Make sure that the guys are communicating. Um, and, you know, it carries from today, tomorrow, obviously carries through the game. We keep communicating with our players to communicate during the game, you know, and, and uh, we know that that's, a, that's been a big reason why, you know, we've had some breakdowns, you know, in our game last couple of weeks. Well, well here's the thing. Yeah. Here, here, here's the thing. I mean, a coach can deal with if this if a player is just better than you. Okay, if if he just mauls you or whatever, and you won't, you know pancake, he can understand that. But he can't he can't comprehend that you have a mental bust when we've gone over this. You're not in the gaps. You know what I'm saying? You're not where you're supposed to be, and we've gone over this week, day in and day out, and hour upon hours. It, Mental mental errors and busts are unacceptable in any game. Leon, you are, can't have mental errors and busts. Are, are we really at the point right now where you hear the head coach of an NFL team, a professional team, 12 games into the season, stating that I'm really stressing to our staff, make sure they communicate, tell them to communicate. Are you? What are they like, 16-year-old kids? Yeah. 13 yeah. games. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's crazy. Like, you got to be kidding me. That's like telling the student to be attentive in class. I mean, pay attention. What? what? That's your job. Mm-hmm. Your job is to pay attention and be prepared and be professional. And, and like I shouldn't I, have to tell you. I've repeated to you guys, 
he, I believe, repeats to his guys, you're professionals. This is your job. You are paid and paid well to do it. My job to coach you, but you are described as a professional football player. And that means it's got to be on you. And, yeah, coaches need to – like we talked throughout the, you know, the last couple of losses. You know, coaches need to be in their ear, every position group. They need to challenge them. Players need to challenge players. But you're, you're at a point where you don't need to be this late against two teams that you should have beaten. Now, I know the Tennessee Titans stepped up and beat the Miami Dolphins. I know a bunch of teams at the top have lost – recently and it, this is quote the way the NFL is I get it but this team needed to take advantage of two very important football games and they did not yeah because the AFC is wide open I mean the, the Kansas City invitation invitational that we used to call the last yeah. couple of years yeah they're they're leaking oil too I mean they used to be the bouncing the club to put you out you had to if you wanted to get the Super Bowl you had to go through KC mm-hmm. that's not going to be the case that's what's unfortunate about how the Jaguars are playing right now because that you got an open opportunity. Yeah. If you had one, if you beat Cincinnati and Cleveland, you're sitting at the one seed. Mm-hmm. The, the bowl comes through the bank. Well, here, here's what's happened, Leon, and and it's amazing how it does happen. But we went two weeks ago. Matt leans into the mic and says, "I think we're burying the lead here. They've got a shot at the number one seed." Okay. Two weeks later, or two games later. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two games later, what has happened? I'll tell you what's happened. The narrative for most or all of Duval out there is like, look, look, the number one. Forget about the number one seed. We just got to make. We just got to make sure we get to the post. Are you kidding? No, no, no. You had that. You had the opportunity yeah. to 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 be in that driver's seat, and it it's tough to get there. And guess what? Another thing the Jaguars have to do is get over themselves. No one cares that you've got injuries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stop, don't stop. No one cares yeah. outside of Duval. Get over that. Yes, Christian Kirk's gone. Trevor's dealing with an ankle. The offensive line is patchwork. Travis Etienne's dealing with a rib issue. All these, all these different. No one cares. Get over it. Saddle up, and find a way to win a freaking game. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Find a way to win a game. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you 100 percent on that one. All right, six four one ten ten. You guys jump in. Golf Club of Southampton bringing you today's show. We have got the Jaguars top of mind. We're going to get into a couple of big college football topics that are going on right now. And we are going to unveil every single Wednesday. We unveil our five and five top five from the college game, top five from the NFL game. Well, we're out of college football. So we're going to give you the top five games that we saw this year, all of our own lists. So you guys can chime in on that, but I want to come back with Dougie and a little bit more from your head coach are the issues here holding this team back. So we'll have that coming up on XL Primetime. We're not young. Everybody's played. Rookies are no longer rookies. This is week 15. I can't hide behind that anymore. You know, can't use that as an excuse anymore. Every team's in week 15. No more buys. Every rookie's played. It's just everybody has to has to focus that much greater this time of year and, and be on the same page. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Sounds like our head coach, Doug Peterson, in charge of Duval, is uh, looking for a purpose from his football team right now. That's for sure. You hear what he's saying. He said, we're not young anymore. It's week 15. Uh, no more uh, of the excuses, okay? And we know that week 
talk about that a bunch on XL Primetime as far as excuses go. So we got one more from Dougie Fresh that we want to play. Uh, but uh, be- before Leon explains the music, Mia is back uh, from from – her, well, you had a luncheon, which was great. Mm-hmm. And a round of applause for <laughs> yeah. our good friends at Arlington Toyota, who not only provided lunch for uh, myself and our sales director, Ken Brady, but they sent some back for the primetime boys. Rick uh, Rick loves primetime. So do, uh, so do all the folks at Arlington Toyota, and we appreciate them. I did mention, Matt, mm-hmm. that they only needed to pack three lunches because we're trying to be good with Awake in 180. Oh, on, so they didn't have any like veggies and protein? Nothing. No, huh? we had uh, Maggiano. Shout out to the, the gals at Maggiano's, uh, followed by uh, cannoli shooters. Um, cannoli shooters. And, uh, and then beverages, waters yeah. and sodas. and mm. uh, There was tea. Does tea count? Like uh, iced tea? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, he's just looking straight protein. That's yeah, what he's yeah. looking I'm for. Looking straight, <laughs> straight, straight I think there might be a chicken parm in there. Does that, does I'll that turn, work? I'll turn my back to you when I eat so you don't have to see me. Enjoy. <laughs> all good, bro. All, good. Uh, all right. Uh, you, you you had the song suggestion. Yeah, I'm, uh, men at work. I was coming in today to work, man. And, you know, I, you know, the big fella has a spectrum of music he listens yeah. to. You know, I, I just don't have to stay in one lane. Mm-hmm. And I heard the song was on my brain the whole time I was there. Me and Matt was just singing it. We knew the you know, the front line to the lyrics because yeah. it's such a great song. Men at work, who could we be now? who couldn't it be now? Yeah. And who are they? Yeah. It, it, honestly, it's it's as difficult a question to answer right now. Okay, five game win streak, mm-hmm. you thought you knew that question, the yeah. answer to that question. Yeah. And now it's a two game losing streak yeah. and there's some doubt filling up Duval. Yeah. Who can it be now? Yeah. I don't no. know exactly where they I are. I don't here's, know either. Here's one more from uh Dougie and then we'll, you know, just kind of stay on this theme. Uh, the issues of this football team, okay? Because this, Those is, what, are... this is what we're all pointing at, is the mm-hmm. fact that they are these are self-inflicted wounds. At least that's what it feels like. Those are the things that I think have kind of kept us back just a little bit. And, and, and those are the things that we've got to continue to, you know, to work towards. And it's all, it's all, it's all internal stuff. It's all us, right? It's, it's what... It's what we see. It's it's how we execute. It's how we play, um, and we got to make sure we we do a better job of that. December's important. Yeah, I think this. I think Doug is just saying that uh, you know some guys in certain position you, you can't have bust this late in the season. Same mm-hmm. bust busted assignment, uh, busted and get whatever it may be. I mean, at some particular point, Doug wants this team to grow up. Grow up. Show some growth. You can't be making the same mistakes in week 15 that you were making in week three. No way. This is a whole different season. It, it, this, is, this, is, this is when you make your push for the playoffs. You, you can't have busted assignments. You can't have guys not in gaps. You can't have guys not, have, not, being, not gap responsible and all that, or, not, or not covering responsibly, breakdowns and coverage and all that kind of stuff. You can't have that in week 15. If you want to go, if you want to go and dance in February, yeah. you can't, you can, you can't play, you play the way that you've been playing in December. It cannot happen. That's how you lose football games. And these, I told you, these games are like, pre- these are like precious medals, these mm-hmm. games right now. Mm-hmm. Every game is so precious. You can't afford to lose them, and you can't afford to lose. Now, if a team just physically beats you up, you could take that. But if you're losing the teams because busted coverage, busted assignments, nine-year gaps, all that kind of stuff, then that can't be tolerated because the coaching staff is saying, we go over this stuff throughout exactly. the whole week. Why is it not translating on Sunday? Yahtzee. Yahtzee on that. Injury-wise, he did talk about that earlier. In trying to get these guys, not all of it is bad news in terms of getting Walker and Ezra and maybe some of these guys back. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just the message to the general public and there's more 
at work than we realize. But from what he said, everybody is pretty much day-to-day. Tyson Campbell with the quad injury, Andre Sisco with the groin, although Doug did say that's a pretty tough injury. Walker Little with the hamstring, Ezra Cleveland with the knee injury. Just kind of dismissed them all as day-to-day. We didn't ask about Brenton Strange, but I know on Monday he said he expects him to practice in some form or fashion. Because he's missed two games. He's missed two games because he suffered a foot injury two days before the Monday night football game. He also said that Trey Herndon hasn't cleared concussion protocol, but he will be a part of practice. He'll just have that orange penny on, Mm -hmm. which is obviously that's a very good sign, and that's that's a recovery that obviously it's a little bit trickier because it's the NFL policy, Mm -hmm. um, not even just you know how the player feels. And so all of that is trending in the right direction. We'll see if they all indeed are on the practice field today, tomorrow, Friday. Yeah. I mean, that that's what it boils down to is the best ability is availability. And they're, they have definitely been hit hard, a two week stretch of a lot of significant injuries. And one of them was Trevor and Trevor fought through that bad boy. And so that was the, the best news out of all these things that they're having to deal with. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jamal Agnew, maybe some good yep. news, too. If he gets to come back, he's got his window open back up 21 days. Everybody's hurt, man. Yeah. They just oh, yeah. lost two straight games that teams are playing backup quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, One of them, a fresh, you know, second-year guy, third-year guy. The other one's been 18 years in the league. No, yeah. Jake Browning's been in the league for four yeah. years. Has he? Yeah. he four years? Yeah. All right. Yeah. But, but Flacco's 38. <clears throat> but he hasn't played. Yeah, no, Jake hasn't, hasn't yes. played, and Flacco's an old man. Yeah, yeah. Flaccosaurus, as Prosser called him, which was well, a great name. Well, well I, you know, I, I, listen, I'm not, question, I'm not putting a question mark on any guy's injury with him, but I know what we used to do in the locker room. We, we felt like a guy, we would bring him milk. Mm-hmm. Because we, we would bring him milk because, I mean, if the injury's going to be a little bit longer than we expected, <laughs> you, can't help the, you, can't, you can't help the club if you're in the tub, bro. Exactly. I mean, you just just a little mental the, – the, put a little mental strain on guys because sometimes when guys get hurt, they get comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we used to go, and, and if, it, if it lingers and it goes beyond what we think is deemed as the injury – Man, we're going to get a guy. We're going to give a guy a glass of milk. Hey, man, you want some milk? <laughs> oh, all right, let's do. <laughs> we were just terrible back then. L- let's do a that, even though this really isn't necessarily a that. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Whenever news comes down, and there is like minute by minute analysis going on right now as far as what is going on in New England and when was the decision made, but the reports are out. Bill Belichick will be out at the end of the season. A Robert Kraft decision the owner made after their loss. Remember we talked about New England losing on the road in that Frankfurt game and they were going into the bye week, and we were talking about whether or not Belichick would be in trouble if they lost that game. Well, apparently, at least according to the reporting up there, Robert Kraft made that decision around that time. And now the news came out last night, and it's been a firestorm of information since then. The Patriot way is no longer. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Do I feel good? Do I feel bad or sad? I kind of want to pair this with – a couple other situations we're seeing in the college ranks as well, which is to not tarnish someone's legacy as a Mm -hmm. head coach. When you've had a couple of seasons that are, you know, middle of the road, if not the situation the Patriots find themselves in, which is eliminated from playoff contention before the middle of December. Do you, do you say respectfully and because you want to be classy about it, Hey, we're just going to part ways. It's not going to be a firing. It's not going to be a dramatic in-season thing. Mm-hmm. Both parties part ways. It doesn't have to get ugly. 
because I know, and Matt, you could speak to this on the college football level. I know, like, the example I'm thinking of is with Florida State with Bobby Bowden. Like, you reached a point where— I thought you, you were going to say Billy Napier. Well, <laughs> I, I was also going to say uh, some basketball coaches as well, some things I heard this morning. But Bobby Bowden would be the most obvious on the college level of, listen, this guy won three national titles. Yes, it hasn't been up to par the last few years, but let's come up with an exit strategy that doesn't necessarily tarnish the legacy. Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time, obviously, in colleges. It's, 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 Bobby Bowden's just one of many, actually. Yeah. But um, it took it took a slow climb up a mountain for them to finally yeah, look course. Bobby in the face of and course. say, "This is." What's a, the last a, three a years lot of them. I mean, yeah. you could go to any of Frank Beamer, same way. There's a lot you could yeah. see a lot of them in a similar situation. But with Belly, though, wow, that's and, and the thing is, is that that's I've been, strange. To I me. mean, yeah. like, be, listen, Bobby Bowden was at the end coaching. Right, like Age Belichick was. is going to go somewhere and, and coach. coach. Yeah. Think? Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't think, think so. he's just going to go sit on his boat and no, hang no. out with the He's going to go to, like, the Chargers and win. Yeah, I think he's definitely. Go, go oh, the, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it's as close mm. to a coin flip. You think he's as, done? Well, right, I could see him wanting to, like, pull a Roy Williams and just go visit minor league stadiums and, like, sit on the on his boat. Yeah, here's what you got to consider. I think Belichick hates life. Yeah, he, he might, but everyone says that. Could he be a, wait, could he be, like, a candidate for the Saban rehab program? <laughs> yeah, he could hey, go there. That's what I was just thinking. Hey, and you know go what? Bama, Defensive baby. coordinator? He could be an analyst, be which means DC. he can't wear the headset, but he can wear the hood. And so he can go up there and do that. How good but, would that be, by the way, if he yeah. was the D.C. Oh, my God. It's much yeah. too I would hot love that. in September okay, but, in Tuscaloosa for but the But think hoodie. about this now, okay? Think about the three years since Tommy, okay, since he left. Are we in the fourth year now? Yeah, because it was three years of Tom winning a Super Bowl, coming back to the playoffs, and then missing the playoffs. So now this is the fourth year. Well, Belichick in the first year, they made it to the postseason. And then since then, the quarterback has regressed. The offense has been pathetic. Uh, guys have come and gone in terms of you know Matt Patricia and all these guys that were in charge. Bill O'Brien comes back. You know all this stuff. And remember, that team spent more money in free agency two off seasons ago than they had spent in the previous three years combined. So Bill was desperate to prove that he could match Tom Brady with another Lombardi. Well, it's failed. Okay, and I don't. I don't know. Like, yes, he could go get a great Justin Herbert, but does he have a great situation in L.A. if he were to go well, do that? Way well, better than what he's got well, right now. Of course it's talent, way better. Now, I'm, I'm not even suggesting it's not. I'm just saying, does he want to do that? I mean, the that? Chargers went to the playoffs last year. They have one of the top dudes, ten quarterbacks man. in the league. I think that that yeah. would be a great landing spot for well, any I think coach. It, I think it, I'm just – all I'm simply saying is I, my own personal opinion is I think it's a coin flip for him because Whether he, he comes has, back or not, you mean. Yes, okay. he has hardware, heritage, history. Does he want to go and – He's also a head coach. They're wired differently. I, I, I know. I totally get it. But I, I just well, like at some point you got to say, you know what, I do need to ride off into the sunset and let my resume stand up all by itself. When you, here's the thing. When you look at his legacy as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach, he probably had at his disposal two – of the three greatest players on his team at the time. When he was with the Giants, he had LT. Mm-hmm. He was defensive coordinator with the Giants. Yeah, yeah. He had L freaking T, all right? And then he goes a head coach, and he has Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, you, he's and been – And put Gronk in there, too. You put Gronk in there, too, absolutely. I'm just saying, I mean I'm, – I'm yeah, yeah, but he drafted Gronk. He drafted yeah. Tom Brady. So we had some I'm, people chime what, in on but, the text line last night on you know what I mean? Heels yeah, about you, that. Like, you got to give him credit for that. Absolutely, no, but I'm just well, saying he had two – I mean, he got two of the top five – players of all time at his disposal throughout his whole career. Don't you think but that he helped develop 
Yeah. Tom Brady, though. Tom Brady probably wouldn't have had the same career if he was drafted somewhere else. So we had somebody text us last night, and and I know Donna Murphy has also contended this as a Patriots fan. Mm. Uh, Shout out to Donna. That Scott Pioli deserves the credit for that, for the second wave. So that would be the Super Bowls between 2010 and 2019. And the first wave, the Bradys, the Brewskis of the world, were Parcells leftovers. I disagree with that because a lot of those players. Oh, so Belichick doesn't get credit for any Super Bowl. We had somebody text in last night. Yeah, I'll I think they're it. talking personnel. That's the dumbest for pers- thing for I've personnel. ever heard. Personnel, for personnel, just the decisions on who they drafted. Right, because Bill Belichick was only given full general manager yeah. responsibilities. <laughs> Come on. Right, but he was still part yeah. of the I discussion. Agree with you. I agree with you. Powerhouse I... for 15, 20 years. I agree with all of you. I'm just throwing it out there that this is what the other In side other words, is saying. In other words, let me just let's just pull it back to here. Doug Peterson gets credit for being a great coach. Trent Baalke's going to be blamed if the personnel's not there. Pioli does get credit, and that's why he was such a big part of what was going on up there in New England. Belichick still gets all the credit in the world for coaching and developing and 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 creating great defensive games. By the way, Pioli plans. was this great GM. Where is he yeah. now? Yeah, he's been out of the league for how long now? Well, yeah, but he also had a pretty good ride and resume. Okay, you know? he might have, or he yeah. could have also have been other personnel guys there, other pers- guys in the personnel department. Yeah. It could have been Belichick as well, Yeah, right? I, yeah, I, of course it could. If he, I, My point is, if he was so intricate in that, in that build-out, okay? I'm not saying he wasn't, but if he was, he'd still be in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, yeah, I, look, I, I all I'm saying is that Bill he's not, Belichick— He's a young guy. Yeah, is a— I don't know how old he is. He's, I bet he's, he's, he's up in the air. I bet he's 58. Yeah, he's 58. yeah. He is C. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just just chased 58 away yesterday. I was just going to say, yeah. he's younger yeah. than somebody yeah. this young. day. Like, I am that. young. I am young. That's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm not even – all I'm saying is that personnel people, that's their job, okay? Yeah. The classic line from Bill Parcells was, if I'm going to cook the meal, let me shop for the groceries, the yes. Terry Glenn and all that kind of stuff. And so, yes, Belichick, Belichick gets credit for seeing talent and developing talent. And I'm not trying to take any of that away. I'm just wondering whether or not he walks off into the sunset. I or think not. he's doing a damn good job right now, like with the dross that he has on offense. Like he has held. He's responsible for that. Yes, Still. I guess, but he's yeah. always been a defensive coach. But so, if, like, his defense honestly, has been dominating the last yeah, month. Yeah, that is true. Remember the stat that we threw exactly. out there? Exactly. Yeah. What was the, the one that you and I had that we didn't give out? That they they basically gone. scored, or they gave up less than 10 or less in like three or four straight weeks and lost like every single one yeah, of them, which they has never lost, happened. And the last time that had happened was the Bears in the 80s. And so the other part of it is, is that if we're going to laud all the things that he did do, then you do have to lay at his feet how crappy this team has become because it's become crappy. And they have ultimately gone from a playoff team to a dismal fail and a team that can't even construct an offense. So that that's how, you know, look, he is also close to being the losingest coach of all time. As that, well that's as, the other thing. Yeah. Don't don't you think he wants to pass Shula? Yeah, he probably does. I mean, come on. You're it's only going right to take like that. a season or two. I mean, you guys are probably right, but he was thinking he was going to get closer to Shula these last couple of years after his team made it to the postseason, and just look how far they have uh, they've gone in the wrong direction. He's closer to catching. He, he know, You know he thought he would have gotten it by now. Oh, of course. He's closer to catching Jeff Fisher and Dan Reeves with the most losses all time in the National Football League <laughs> than he is to coaching or catching Don Shula. That makes me smile, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do our top five. 
uh, in the NFL since we're on the subject. Then we'll get into some college in the second hour. All right, I have the Patriots number one. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> obviously I don't. We'll start with Mia from last week. She had the Dolphins number five. LOL. A lot of people had the Dolphins high. Uh, Leon had them number two last week. So did Matt. Um, but Dolphins number five for Mia. Ravens four. Chiefs three. Eagles two. And the 49ers, of course, number one. Yeah, needless to say, the 49ers remain my number one team in my rankings. But a certain team that I know JJ has been high on since the beginning of the year does make its first appearance in the O'Brien Power Poll. I do keep the Kansas City Chiefs in at number five. Um, I think that you certainly can make the argument the Bills are playing better ball right now. Sure, go for it, but until otherwise noted, I will keep the defending champs holding on by a thread. I do have the Eagles at four. I know that there's a lot of question marks, especially about that offense. There were protesters outside of the link saying (laughs) that they need to fire their coordinators. It's not just you, Duval. It's happening all over. Um, But until, again, listen, the Cowboys are firing on all cylinders. The 49ers are firing on all cylinders. You lost to two really good teams. So until you pull a Dolphins, and blow a 14-point lead with four minutes left. I keep the Eagles in the top five. Aforementioned Cowboys make their appearance at number three. I put the Baltimore Ravens at number two because good teams find a way to win, and that's what they're doing. And finally, the San Francisco 49ers at number one. All right, last week, Josie had the Chiefs number five, Dolphins four, Ravens three, Cowboys two, and the 49ers number one. All right, I have kicked one team to the curb again, uh, the Dolphins, because – the Dolphins, man, you had the spotlight game, a chance to stay right there with Baltimore uh, in the conversation for the number one seed. And, yes, the Tyree Kill injury was significant, but uh, we, we might have discovered another uh, layer of problems down there. So I'm kicking the Fins out of the five. Wow. Chiefs are still number five because they lost. Think of the teams they've lost to. Uh, NFC North leading Detroit Lions team, a Buffalo Bills team that is as hot as anybody right now and then the Denver Broncos part of a five game win streak that they were on so I got the Chiefs five the Bills are right now red hot and so I've got them number four Ravens three uh, with El Boogie coming into town it'd be great to pick off them Sunday night Cowboys are rocking and rolling uh, no no problem putting them number two and the Niners number one all right, last week, Matt had the Lions, the Lions, the Lions. Becoming Lions. Joe's Lions defense, wow. Uh, Matt had the Lions last week, number five, the Eagles four, Ravens three, Dolphins two, and the 49ers number one. All right, this week I've got the 49ers at five. Uh-huh. At five? The 49ers at four, the 49ers oh. at three, the 49ers at two, and the 49ers at one. <laughs> you know what? They're not good. They probably, right. could, they probably could play five games on Sunday back and win back, them all. Back I'm, using, I'm using J.J.'s philosophy, and I don't know why, but I am anyway. Uh, I got the Chiefs at five, mm-hmm. and they've got all kinds of problems. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, they've also got Mahomes. And, like, so, every game they lose is, like, so close, right, I feel right. like. Yeah, every game is like, well, it's one if this thing didn't there, happen, right. yeah. Yeah, they're very easily close to being, like, a, I don't know, 12 and 11 and 2 team, something like that. Um, I got the Chiefs at 5. I got the Dolphins at 4, still hanging. Bad game, no doubt about it. Just a terrible effort at home. <clears throat> Excuse me, in a game you just got to win if you're chasing that number one overall seed. I got the Ravens at 3. The Ravens just keep winning. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at 2, and I finally believe. I told you it was going to take a big win mm-hmm. before I believe. Now I believe. Pokes. I got the Cowboys at 2. Boom. Yeah. I got the Cowboys at 2. Trying to do look good. And, and of course, Far and away, number one. Far and away. The 49ers. All right. Last week, Leon had the Ravens five, Cowboys four, Eagles three, 
Dolphins two and the 49ers, of course, number one. Well, I'm, listen, I'm going to start. I got the Dolphins at five. That was just that game right there. You lose for four minutes to go by. You're up by 14. Oh. That's an ugly <laughs> game. It's just terrible. How? It's ter- I don't know how that, that happened. But I got the Dolphins at five. Uh, I got the Eagles at four. They're reeling right now. That game against the Cowboys. That back-to-back games against the Niners and the Cowboys, they got smoked like a pack of cools. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got El Boogie at three. Mm-hmm. Jaguars have an opportunity. Yeah, they do. You know, they have an opportunity to, to plant their flag against a, a very good Ravens team this Sunday night. Yeah. I'm see what they're going to do. I've got the Cowboys at two. Cowboys, man, they, as much as I hate to say it, they look good, bro. Mm-hmm. Both I mean, sides that, of the ball. Both sides of the ball. They look good. They look like the teams that I had to play in the 90s. By the way, now that we've all put the Cowboys in, they're uh, surely losing to the Bills. I'm this hoping, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Okay. I'm hoping that out. Dak will throw three picks. And exactly. To and do you, them, you listen, as soon as you show them some love, that's when they disappoint you the most. <laughs> yep. And so the 49ers, of course, are number one. 49ers, I, I don't see anybody stopping that train. And it, it, I, they might as well book Vegas. <laughs> that game is in Buffalo this weekend, by the way. Well, All right. By the way, the pack of cools. Did your dad smoke the pack of cools? He did when he was younger. Yeah, yeah he used to keep one in his ear, mm-hmm. then one in it, mm-hmm. it rolled up in his sleeve. Oh, yeah. yeah. Newports yeah. for life yeah. for me. Um, Camel's non filtered. <laughs> I had the Dolphins <laughs> last week five, Eagles four, Cowboys three, Chiefs two, and the Niners one. I'm sorry, Chiefs, but I. I had to drop you guys back a little bit. I had the <laughs> yeah. Eagles five, the Chiefs four. Like I said, they're winning or they're losing these games in like crazy fashion. But yeah. I'm starting to actually think this receiving core slash old Kelsey won't be good enough yeah. to get it done this year. Um, so I have the Chiefs number four. Bills jump them. I have them number three. Honestly, wow. I could have the Bills number two here. I, right I had now. a hard Bills time side. between the Bills and the Cowboys. But for right now, I have the Cowboys, too, and, of course, the 49ers, number one. By the way, J.J., to your point about the Chiefs and their wide receivers, Isaiah Pacheco is expected to miss practice again today with that shoulder See, injury. See, if he would have played last weekend, I, I feel like they would have won. Same, same. I think that he is really blossoming. But he runs, like, so hard, you know he's going to get hurt. Yeah, he's he's a three years and done, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which sadly. is why they draft him in the seventh round, and exactly. that's what right. you have to do with running backs 150 now. pick overall, well worth it. All right, Golf Club of Southampton, you want a great golf experience. It is well worth it, that's for sure. Find them uh, right there on beautiful County Road 210 in the SJC, and you can also count on trivia Thursday nights, music under the stars on the patio with a great menu item served up. Friday nights, so just log on, check out the Golf Club of Southampton. We gave you our top five in the NFL, so now we're going to get to our top five games of college football 2023, as it is sadly in our rearview mirror. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We got a purpose in this one o'clock hour, that's for sure, to keep it rolling. With you, Jacksonville Jaguars, top of mind, getting ready for the Baltimore Ravens Sunday night. Back under the lights. Hopefully, you can deliver a dub to Duval. It would be nice, that's for sure. XL Primetime, Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Maddie Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ. Uh, we've got our high school half hours. We wrap up uh, those title bids that our high school teams, three of them, played for this past week. They all came up short, but we'll definitely do that in the 2 o'clock hour. Stay in on the Jags in the NFL, and then we're going to get to our top five games. We'll have a different college football theme each week with our top five, and we figured we'd throw out the best college football games we saw this year. But 
the Jags, what is, Matt, if you think about the best possibility to turn this thing around? Doug Peterson was clearly frustrated by the mistakes on defense, right, which he obviously brought up. And he said, you know, we've been doing this for a while. It's week 15. Nobody's young. Nobody's a rookie. You know, all, all the rookies have played. Anyway, so he was frustrated about that. We know about the poor performances when it comes to miscommunication, quarterback and receiver. What's the easiest or quickest or most important fix heading into the Sunday night game? Dub. Yeah, well, that of course, but I mean, I'm just in other words. But but as far as like, how do you get there? Yeah, like, I mean, what's the I mean, fix? I I I just think at the end of the day, what they did defensively earlier in the season, right? Mm-hmm. How they got after the quarterback, how they pressured teams into turnovers. Now they got what? How many turnovers last week? Three. Yeah. Well, right? there was a time when they were just trading turnovers. Right. They were, they were, I think a total of seven in the yes, game. Yes, four and three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I think if if you can, if you can get your defense to dictate the tempo of the game. Get a couple turnovers, you know. Then I, I then I think you've got a situation where you've got the Ravens stressing a little bit and they're pressing to get something done, mm-hmm. and then that's when Lamar you got a better chance to beat Lamar. It's basically what happened last year. So yeah, I mean it, it's it's going to be a difficult a difficult lift with Lamar. Oh yeah, Lamar's playing well. The team's playing well. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, well, this team also has to understand that whatever you did in in week three to five or whatever when you were getting after the quarterback. It's not going to work in, in week 15. And the reason why it's not going to work is because uh, the per, your, your preparedness and your intensity has to change from that from those early weeks to here because the offensive lines are going to get better. I mean, the, you're, you're, you, when you go down this stretch, these are, everybody's talking about how the fact that, you know, we, we're not getting pressure on them. No, the offensive line is executing at a higher level than our defense is. Because they're prepared for whatever they bring. The Jaguars last week they brought four man, five man, six man, eight man blitz and couldn't get a sniff on Flacco. <laughs> Not a sniff. That that's the preparedness of that offense. That, that offensive line and that offense was much more prepared than our defense was. Whatever that defense threw at them, they took care. By of. By the way, you do that this week. You blitz El Boogie. This is it's going to be a 30, 40 yeah, yard run. Yeah, yeah. What changes do you think defensively? they can make in a week, Leon, because I can already tell you as I get ready in about an hour or so to head down to the locker room, I can already mm-hmm. tell you the company line is going to be if we just do right. our assignment and do yeah, what we do, enough. we'll that's be fine. So, yeah. so what needs to change? The, 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 do they need to design more blitzes? Do they need to have three but safeties like, you said, like they, they tried. did last year? They yeah. tried. They didn't, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't get home. I mean, each, each individual has to realize that whatever you think is good ain't good enough and that you got to get better. You got whatever you thought that I don't know how to explain it. Whatever you think is good enough is not. Well, let me go to you one. You got to play above and beyond. I mean, you got to spend it. I mean, yeah. you you got to spend what. It's just one freaking game. You got to spend whatever you got to spend yeah. Sunday night and j- just let it go. You, right, because you, you can talk about spies on defense. Yeah, you can talk about doing different things in the nah, past that, game. The end of the day, it comes down to how badly do you want to win? That, exactly. That, well, how bad do you want to win this game? What are you willing to give up to win sure. this game on Sunday? And it's funny because people, players, they think they've hit that threshold. They think they've hit their ceiling. And then you're, you've got to challenge There's yourself. Another one. They, they, but yeah, here's one that I'm looking at. Okay, Devon Hamilton has not played well, has not been 100% mm-hmm. healthy. And he and Foley, and, and you, can, you can go down the line with the interior players. And you can throw Ledbetter in there. You can throw my man Angelo in there. All the guys that at times have made plays. 
they haven't made enough plays of late. They've not crashed the boards of late. And that really has uh, suffered in the pass pressure department. And that is where I do want to defend Doug Peterson and his comments this morning a little bit because mm-hmm. he did go into detail when he was asked, do you feel like players know the playbook? Do you feel like they're doing enough? And he said, no, I always tell them whether we're winning or losing, if you think you're done, go study for another extra half hour. And he looked at Mike DiRocco and he said, you do take some of your work home, do you not? Yeah. You, you know, you're looking up stats. You're doing additional research even when you're home. That's all I ask of them. You think you did enough, do another 45 yeah. minutes. So he, he, I think, again, and I know you guys let off the show with this, and yeah. I was at our, our, with our good friends at Arlington Toyota for the luncheon. Like, I, I think he's not going to come fire and brim and, right. you know, all hell is breaking loose in a press conference. Just, just That's just not Doug. But with how measured he was today and the comments like that that he made – that says to me that maybe behind the scenes he is because he has been asking for that little bit extra mm-hmm. for weeks now, and maybe it has slacked off. It's like well, we, we said it earlier. He sounds like a frustrated coach. Yeah, I mean, here, here's – I mean, they don't do this kind of stuff like anymore like, w- w- that we used to do in a day. We we used to condition, all right? We used to run gases and stuff like that, and then at the end of gases, we would run perfect plays. Perfect plays is when you're dog-tied, when you don't think you have mm-hmm. – you don't have it, you somehow you dig down somewhere and find a way to get it done, and, and then mentally, when you do that kind of stuff in practice, it prepares you when you go into a game. When you think there's no air, no, th- there is. Yeah. They, they, when you think there's no level, there is another level. This team has got to whatever they think is good ain't good enough. You yeah. got to give me more. You got to find it somewhere collectively as a unit, offense, defense, special teams. Whatever you think is good enough ain't. Because it's costing us games. I need a little more. Find it somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in your psyche, back there in your mind, wherever, your heart, your gut, whatever it is, you got to find when you feel like there's no air to breathe, you got to go and find it. I think the guys with the the green sticker on their helmets are going to challenge both sides of the ball. I I really do. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's got to happen. But think about it. This defense, like we said, there were fails. No, Not enough pressure. They never really got home to them. (laughs) This is kind of a a saucy nug slash bold fact. But how about this? Most passing touchdowns over the last couple of weeks, all right? Most passing touchdowns over the last couple of weeks. Some of these are obvious. Brock Purdy's thrown a half dozen, okay? That's not a surprise. Matt Stafford's thrown a half dozen. That's pretty good. They've, they've come on a little bit offensively. Dak Prescott's thrown five. That's not a surprise. Trevor has thrown five, but they've lost back-to-back games. You know who else has thrown five in the last couple of weeks? Joe Flippin' Flacco. Saucy nugs. Okay, off the practice roster. He was a free agent a month ago, and he's thrown five touchdowns in the last couple of games, including what he did against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So let's leave that into a bold fact here real quick, JJ. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. You can get some of those saucy nugs uh, when the restaurant is open right there in Riverside, the production house on Roselle Street, or head to Bold City downtown, order up some great craft. Duke's the original, the brown ale, named after their boxer, Duke. Uh, and so many other great creations, the Killer Whale, Mad Manatee, on and on and on. They definitely have it. BoldCityBrewery.com. Make sure you check them out. So you're talking about big-time performances, which definitely we have seen uh, from these quarterbacks. Um, Who was the only player, quarterback, with 300 passing yards and zero picks in Week 14? 
How many touchdowns are? Uh, only player with 300 passing yards. Okay, so it's not Tommy DeVito then. And zero picks. Oh, yeah. it's Zach Wilson. Yahtzee. There is you go. Really? That is it. Wow. Now think about that. That's a that's worth a yes, sir. Zach Wilson comes out of the ashes. I'm so glad our friend Sam and delivers an L to the hated Houston Texans with a three. And did you see the way that game unfolded? All of it came in the second half, as far as their scoring goes. 311 passing yards, couple touchdowns, a 117.9 passer rating, and he got it done. So it can happen when you think you don't have it. And many thought Zach Wilson didn't have it, and he was able to get it done. He still may not have it. It still may be one game <laughs> well, sample yeah, size. But, yeah. hey, listen. He'll take it. If for one game where he was playing loose and free and said, what's the worst thing that they're going to do, bench me again? Yeah, exactly. He, and it, he played arguably his best game as a pro. And uh, as I noted to JJ, I thought that y'all had already heard this, but earned AFC Player of the Week honors in the process. No, yeah. Joe Flacco did not win. Zach Wilson did. I don't know what's a bigger insult to injury here in Duval. Um, And for those of you out there, my Italian-Americans, Tommy DeVito did bring home the top honor in the NFC. Yeah, in the NFC. Uh, But it did lead to one of the great lines, Zach Wilson, with his performance, which we will now set up our college football talk. The great line from RG3, Zach Wilson was one of his Hemi uh, nominations that they do Monday Night Football. He said, because what is he known for? Throwing bombs and dating moms. I thought it was just awesome. We're going to do our college football best games of 2023 on XL Primetime coming up next. Looking in zone. He's going to fire one into traffic. We always keep thinking we've seen it all, and we never have, have we? Missed it! And the Huskies survive! The field is stormed, and Washington has won it. A classic in the first ever top ten collision in this rivalry. Nicolosi steps up into the end zone, in a crowd! No good! It's off by Woods, and it's over! Do you believe now? Kyle Kennard comes up with the fumble. You should not be running the football. I mean, it, it is, it, you should be taking a knee. As soon as you got that first down, they used that last time out. As long as you milk it all the way down, you don't need to be doing this, and you certainly don't need to be fighting for extra yards. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. So many great moments from the 2023 college football season. I know we're all sad to see it go. But the good news is we get to relive it right here on a Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday right here on XL Primetime. Yes, no more of our top five college football teams given that the season has come to a close. Instead, JJ, let's fire it up. It's our top five games from the 2023 college football season. Last time uh, we got to hear this song paired with the SEC. Mm, sad. Primarily. And we saw Vern and I almost cried when we saw Vern. The Vern I'm going to be honest with you. I, I hope it wins all the Emmys. It was, and the fact that it was paired with like Kirby and Saban passing of the torch, which obviously didn't end up happening the way that they portrayed it. 
Give it all the Emmys. You know what they have to look forward to now that it's going to CBS Music is going to go to the Big Ten? When I'm looking back at some of these great college games, someone actually took the time to total the number of punts and yardage the Iowa punter had. <laughs> That's what they've got to look all forward American, to. All-American, Tory Taylor, won, baby. Didn't he win the Lou Groves? I know. Go- he's going to, yeah. Oh, but he, okay. he was the first team All-American. So it was 86 punts, 4,119 punt yards. Uh, and then after that, I fell asleep. It was just unbelievable what he did. That's enough yards about to go Ten. around the yeah. whole world you know, twice. Because you're least. SEC snobs, all of you. Yes, but we the are. reality we're is they're adding Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA next year. Well, you yeah, that's next, on that. yeah. that's next year. That's next year. All right. This I'm year just telling you. Trash. I'm just hey, telling you. I can't you. wait for Merlin Rutgers. Can't wait for Merlin Hey, don't talk about Rutgers. They might beat us in a bowl game. Can you wait for, like, Penn State against USC or – you know, Washington against Michigan. I, I, they, they still don't deserve the music, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Matt's I don't think they do either. All mm. I'm saying is Saturday tradition chest right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think they deserve the music either, but I do think, like, the jokes of the Big Ten are going to go away. Oh, soon. I agree with that. But that's yeah. only because others arrived. Because <laughs> yeah, they're not the true. Big Ten anymore. Exactly. All right. <laughs> All quickly, right, uh, the last highlight you heard, obviously – is my number five game of the year, the non-Neal. Miami-Georgia Tech, absolutely insane. I It makes me sad to put it on there, but it must be on there. I, I, I figured that there was that last highlight. Yeah. You cut me to the white, BJJ. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, can right. I give you a little bit of uh, good news from the text line, you Miami fans? Oh, so DJ Dell says that Cam Ward was spotted at dinner at Prime yeah, 112 with Rick with Ross. Rick Ross. Nope. Yeah, we, no, we know that. At Tootsie's. Yeah. We're well aware of Come that. Come on, man. <laughs> Million dollar ward. That's right. You don't dude. think I got a text immediately <laughs> with Rick Ross's picture with Cam man. Ward? I, I just wonder. I love that. Listen, I wonder if, if Cam Ward will be described by Cam Newton as just a game manager if he goes <laughs> I love down that. There. These guys know what he ate. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they had right. like a huge. I actually have the photo of what he ate. What? Uh, mm. How does he like his steak? Medium, rare? What well, was seafood? Yeah, well, oh. I mean, he might have had a yeah, great sure. Wait till he gets that bag from Ohio State. And doesn't go to Miami. Oh, my God. All right. Also, wait till he's not good. That would be even funnier if he comes to Miami he's not good. Yeah, All right. Who was it? Uh, Willie Williams. Ah, he had like five, five daiquiris and eight right. lobsters. Willie Williams. Yeah. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. All Are right. we doing number fives across the board or everybody's I'm going to just five. do mine and get it out of the way real yeah. fast. Okay. five lobsters. Um, I have number four, Colorado, Colorado State. That was like so much fun at 10 30 at night we had the kid that hurt uh travis, uh, travis, travis hunter yeah, it became yeah. a huge deal went into overtime colorado ended up winning um number three for me lsu old miss you guys will talk about that soon number two iron bowl and number one for me which no one else had on their list is the red river shootout yeah mm, was, was absolutely awesome like texas almost went down 10 and then they ended up taking a, all in the fourth quarter, took a three-point lead just for Gabriel to go all the way down the field in about a minute and win the game on one of the last-second plays. So that, for me, was the best game of the 2023 regular season. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, Leon, you want to yeah, go next? Yeah, I'll go next. I, at number five, was I had Colorado TCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything awesome. about Dion. Right out of the gate. The bravado, yep. the confidence, the swag, the arrogance, all that kind of just tied into one game. Like and then, and then to call the shot and win the game? Come on now. That's Deion, yeah, like that's Deion Sanders at his finest. Number four was Clemson at Duke. Mm. That was the game number one. All right? I wanted to see if Duke was for real. And, and I'm watching the game. I was telling Matt, I saw Duke players outrunning Clemson players. I said, when the hell did that happen? Yeah. Recruiting, transfer <laughs> portal, 
it was good to see. It all seemed right? like two weeks ago. They stormed ago. the field, It does, too. And, and they stormed the field. Absolutely beautiful. My number three uh, is Colorado, Colorado State. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I, listen I, have been, I haven't watched Colorado football in not since they were good, all right? When they won their national champion in, like, 1990 or something yeah. like that. That's the last time I watched Dion made me watch Colorado. Well, remember football. the hype for this game because yes. the Colorado State coach, I forget exactly, exactly what he said. He yeah. said he would take his glasses and his hat off. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Absolutely. His mama told him. I love the pregame like hype. So that's for that. my number three. And, and my honorable mention, and it's a shame I didn't even put this in my top five. My honorable mention was LSU Ole Miss. Yeah. That game had no defense. They had over 1,300 <laughs> yards of offense. I loved it every moment of, of it. Had a lot of fun. fun. Absolutely. Phenomenal. So that was my honorable mention. My number two was Clemson FSU, all right? I, Clemson FSU was number two because I was sick and tired of being the Clemson Invitational. I'm not a Florida State fan, but I wanted to see if Florida State could release that chokehold of Clemson around their throat. Remember they, they, they brought straight. that kicker down from yes. New York? He was in, like, grad school Absolutely. just to miss at the end of Absolutely. the game. He go to Wall Street and they brought so, Yeah. I, you know, I, was, I wasn't rooting for either, either team, but it was a great game, and I was glad to see Florida State finally kind of bounce Clemson. And my number one game was – Bama, Georgia, mm-hmm. heavyweight fight. Mm. It was the national championship. I, I, now, you know, I, that, you know, I wanted to see if Bama could come in there, and I did pick them to win to stop that. Everybody in Georgia, all my family members in Georgia, saying we're going three P. Not today. The first Thanks time to uh, a number one team fell out of the college yes. football playoffs. Craziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is so nice. that's my top five. All right, Maddie. Uh, my top five begins with a fun as hell rivalry game: uh, Washington, Oregon, Part One. Just a fantastic game. The way Dan Lanning blew those three fourth and you know three yeah, that calls. That wasn't so and fantastic, just, but yeah. It wasn't, but it was <clears throat> great drama. I, I guess the best way I could explain this, because I keep telling everybody, that rivalry is, I mean, bitter. It's like, remember when Florida beat Georgia in overtime with the field goal? Mm-hmm. How crazy Florida fans were about that because they beat the rival like that? It's the same kind of thing. That's how, that's how crazy bitter that rivalry is. Um, it also featured Michael Penix, the quarterback. Washington, who, according to Sporting News, Sporting News just released their All-American team this year. Okay, mm-hmm. Sporting News is one of five, <clears throat> excuse me, entities, <clears throat> excuse me, that the NCAA uses to determine unanimous All-Americans, right? Consensus All-Americans. Sporting News tweeted out or xed out, whatever you want to call it, the post. Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Michael Penis Jr. headline oh, Sporting no. News' 2023 All-American team. Oh, yes. Oh. Have they rescinded oh, You never want to be Michael Penis I don't know. The worst Jr. part, it was Junior after. That was yeah. the worst part. It's a small guy. Yeah. Yes. Youngster. I didn't even Youngster. think of that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's All right. Beautiful. So that's number five. Uh, number yeah. four. <laughs> number four is Missouri and K-State, the thicker kicker. That was a good yeah. game. That was a good game. He came through a Mizzou couple times this Yes, year. Mizzou gets the ball back, and the thicker kicker nails a 62-yarder. Yeah. 62-yarder. That was kind of – that was the game that kind of put Mizzou on the map. Yeah, the thicker kicker trumps Dicker the kicker. If I also yes. remember correctly, Matt Hayes sat with us at John Smith Subs that Friday and said there was no way K-State would lose – Oh, yeah. Right. And, I did say that. And Missouri did check one out, right? That was very you, early in the I season. I did say that. Which led me to the right. betting window, and I'm still angry. <laughs> you are Ocho 50. Yeah. I do. Number three is Colorado and Stanford. Yeah. Okay. That, that was, was a good Buffs night. Buffs up 29 night, nothing right? at halftime. Yeah. Friday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Buffs up 29 nothing. They lose in double overtime, 46-43. Man. That was the beginning of the game. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it? Iron Manor had 13 catches for 294 and three scores in that game. Yeah. One of them, a 97-yard touchdown where he 
torched Travis Hunter. Mm-hmm. Actually, he torched Travis Hunter the entire game. Remember, he dragged him to the end oh, zone. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, what what a phenomenal game that not many people saw because it was Friday night and because it went late into the morning, like most Colorado late yeah, games. Exactly. Um, exactly. By the way, I think the beginning of the end was probably when Oregon really – Handled Colorado oh, yeah, in that yeah. first. Oh, yeah. they're, they're I don't know, dude. You don't blow twenty nine nothing. Yeah, you're time. right. Yeah. That's that's not good. All right, the next two games I think are kind of lost a little bit for people because they were so important and you're kind of just in the moment. But every play mattered in these two games. Michigan Ohio State was unbelievable. Mm. It was a really good game. Unbelievable. Every play was like stinking a Kyle war. McCord. And I hate to use that word war, but man, every play was just white knuckle fight. Yeah. Phenomenal game. I left that to you, Saturday tradition. I knew you were going to put Same. it Just a phenomenal game. All right, SEC. I'm homework. a Big Ten yeah. apologist, and, and I still number left one, I'll go back to you. I'll defer to your SEC yeah. homerism. It's not Alabama-Georgia. It's Auburn-Alabama. Yes. Auburn. Yes. That game, you want to talk about every play a fist fight. Wow. And then, I don't know how else to say this. It was fourth and 31. Yeah. Yeah. It's It was incredible. After... After the snap that put him back, yeah. after him going over across the line of scrimmage and throw, trying to throw a ball, which yes. was a penalty, I thought would be all right. He throws, he being Jalen Milrow, yeah, okay, the guy who Nick benched for a guy who now no longer plays football. <laughs> He's going to play lacrosse, lacrosse. Tyler Buckner. But it was, it was. He was. Think about that. Milrow's got to be sitting back going, "You benched me for that guy." Yeah, but it's so funny. I went back and looked at some of these games, and it, uh, that game, it, the two things that will always, you know, fourth and Milrow is what they call it now, which is great, and then Bond, Isaiah Bond from Nestor, mm. which yeah. JJ Look, played. Which is don't a, kid yourself, great okay? Line. We all saw that USF game. We saw what Buckner looked like in the first yeah. quarter and a half. He's terrible. Nick had to walk back terrible. and beg Jason Milrow to take over again. So anyway, so let's revert to the fourth yeah. and 31 on my number one. He throws a dime. Yeah. The only place it can be. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal college football game. It was great. It was great. I also have the Iron Bowl in my top two, not to spoil it, but I do not have them number one. I'll get to that in a second. At number five, I have Colorado, Colorado State. Um, I just vividly remember it because, of course, hosting the kickoff show on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I try to go to bed early, but that was the one that I was like, I got to stay awake. I got to stay awake. It I got to see what's going to happen next. There was a lightning delay, too, wasn't mm-hmm. there? Like, yeah. they- for some reason, it went even further into the night. At number four, I do have the aforementioned Ole Miss LSU game that I think we will talk about it in the bowels of history, similar to Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield squaring off in a Big 12 contest once upon a time. I think we will discuss it in that same light in the future. Colorado TCU is number three for me. Got Dion on the map. I know TCU did not end up becoming what everyone thought they would, but they were at that juncture, the defending runner-ups nationally, and there was buzz around them. And so I think that was a statement game from Jader Sanders. May have been the best game he played all year. At number two, the Iron Bowl. And at number one, because justice for the Pac-12, who consistently had the most teams in the top 15, the most competitive fight to the finish, in my estimation, Washington, Oregon, round one. Yeah, it, it was great. It really was. And, and look, I was on the losing side of a few of these when I, when I look at my bets. But that's what makes them memorable as well. Quinn Ewers against Texas, or excuse me, for Texas against Alabama, arrived on the national college football scene, proving that he could win on the road. That's my number five game. Texas-Alabama to go into Tuscaloosa and beat Nick, and then that was when uh, doubt was cast all over uh, Milrow. Just take a look at some of the mistakes he made in that game. It was a great game. So I've got Texas-Alabama five. I've got Alabama against LSU number four. And you... 
could not believe the the environment, the intensity. Uh, when you say LSU Alabama, that is always present. But as this game unfolded, it looked like Brian Kelly's boys, Baton Rouge boys, were going to be able to pull it off. And then that Dallas Turner hit on Jaden Daniels, that savage hit that he put on my man, knocked him out. It still was a great ball game. Washington, Oregon, self-explanatory. We all have it on our list. I can't believe that Dan Landing still did what he did at midfield and decided to go for it. I put FSU Clemson up there, and I agree with Sirs. The thing you got to remember about FSU Clemson, FSU did not lead in that entire game until overtime and won it. Did not have the lead, and Clemson was dictating. Cade Klubnick actually had one of his better games, and in the end, it was Jordan Travis coming up with enough plays, and FSU ultimately stayed unbeaten and went on to have a perfect record. LSU Ole Miss, all you got to do is take a look at the numbers that those uh, both sides of the football put up. It was an incredible game. Didn't have a lick of defense on it. But I just say hotty toddy, that's my number one. No problem at all. All right, good stuff there. College football top fives. JJ, you'll post them. Yep, they're already out. They're They're already up. At 1010XL, you can agree, disagree, throw up your suggestions as far as some of the great games. I mean, we do. I almost put in... Florida, Arkansas. Yeah. Florida versus South Carolina Mizzou, was yeah. another good one. Florida, yeah. Mizzou. Like, Florida and Miami specifically played in, like, every single week was an amazing game. Yeah, they really they were. lost most. Maybe that season opener next year will be the same thing. Yeah. Wild, back, back and forth. I probably will be. Yeah. <laughs> you could offer up your suggestions and uh, let us know which ones. We're going to get to our Bari breakdown. It is XL Primetime on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. Gio is such a part of XL Primetime that he comes in and just hangs out. So he makes sure he's got a little chopping it up time before we get on the air. Boys, yeah. Dr. George Bari. He of Bari Orthopedics. Hey, Welcome in, Gio. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing great, man. Uh, getting ready for a big Sunday night football game. I know young young George, young future doctor Bari is looking <laughs> forward to that game Sunday night. we got to get back in the win column. George, not George Michael, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we got to get back in the win column. I know he wants it as bad as anybody. Yeah. All right, now we're going to start off with sports injuries. Fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. If you've got a sports injury question, you can hit Gio with it. 641 just describe what you're dealing with, and if we can help you, we will. Free medical advice. But I wanted to ask you to start things off. Have you ever had someone come into your uh, Bari Orthopedics and say, can you fix my jaw because Draymond hit it? Have you ever had anything like that happen? <laughs> I have not, and I have not had a facial fracture yet covering any games. Not oh. mm, Really? Yeah. Yeah. As the official- but that's usually an oral maxofacial surgeon. Who, right. who, who does okay. that stuff? Because I had a broken jaw before, so I know how painful that yeah. is, but I didn't get the roundhouse uh, swing by and Draymond. In, and in calling uh, the high school, uh, Portegra High School 912 Invitational Basketball Tournament over the weekend, we mm. had one kid, I believe, from Oakleaf who suffered an orbital fracture he, in yeah. the district oh. final last year. But yeah. he's back. He's playing. Yeah. Yeah. That goes to the oral maxofacial guys. What about Draymond? Real quick, just throw you, you're, you're an NBA know. man. I think, <laughs> I think he has issues. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. All right, let's get to some sports injuries. And and I think more than anything else, uh, just real quick, touching on Trevor, being able to come back from what was a low ankle sprain. It was not a high ankle sprain. But but just the fact that he was able to get it done in in a short work work week. I think I had texted you during the game that there's no way it's a high ankle sprain. Right. The fact that he's coming back in a week, and he looked fine. Like, he looked, at least ankle-wise, didn't look like he was limping. 
Didn't look. I mean, he was running fine, no issues. So I highly doubt it was a high ankle sprain. It kind of looked like one of those things where you get hurt at the moment and it's really painful. Right. And then after like a day or two, you start improving because he didn't have a boot on a day or two later. He was in flip flops. So I think it was just a, a bad ankle sprain that hurt immediately. Right. Right. I and mean, we've, we've all had those where you struggle to get up and walk. And then after a couple of days, it just kind of gets better on its own. Let's stay with the Jags. Tyson Campbell. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. Didn't expect it to keep him out, but then it did. He did not travel to Cleveland. Hamstring injury. Now the quad injury. Officially listed as day-to-day. And I believe we spoke on this a little bit last weekend, but in terms of recovery time now, even if he's limited in practice this week, odds for you that he would be able to go Sunday and are the two related? Uh, I mean, look, they can be related because it's, it's, it's the same leg, mm-hmm. right? So having one body, one muscle part, one muscle injured can definitely put some stress on the other. That's very possible. And it could also be just coincidental, right? He, he hurt them both. Quads get injured a lot especially in, in, a, in a contact sport because helmets hit them, shoulder pads hit them, it's right in front of you. So you can have, just from a trauma, hamstrings very less so trauma-wise, more so you know, you're know you overstretching it and you cause that injury. Um, so it could be either or. Him, him playing, I don't know, with both muscle groups injured on the same leg, I don't know, I think it's kind of tough. It's really going to be day-to-day depending on, on how he feels. So the, the core with Christian Kirk, he's already rehabbing, correct? Yeah, oh, he had surgery oh, yeah. last Wednesday, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's already yeah. rehabbing vigorously up in Philadelphia. He, uh, like some of the Chance some of the back. photos they were showing, like he's getting after it, man. Yeah, he's like, I mean, how quickly can you? Could he? Is it possible he could be available for the playoffs? I mean, they said six to eight weeks, right? So that puts you on playoff trajectory uh, on the on the low end at six weeks. So I would say yes, I think it is possible, depending depending how it goes. Uh, the question is going to be: Is he going to be full strength? you know, coming back from an injury like that, especially your core where everything you do, we all know your core is, is everything, right? You sit up, use anytime your core. You move, anytime yeah, you move, it's your yeah. core. So that that's going to be the issue. I'm going to pass you the video right now that's a, I mean, it looks, he looks like he's doing good there. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's very possible, especially with the round-the-clock training that he's going to get or therapy that he's going to get. But um, don't be shocked if he doesn't come back, right? right. I mean, we've all seen people with this timeline, and they take longer than the timeline sometimes, and, and – I think with these professional athletes, we're so used to seeing them come back so fast right. that sometimes when they hit the the longer part of the timeline, we all begin to worry, mm-hmm. but it's just normal. I'm going to try and sneak a question in. If you've got a sports injury question, you can hit us with it, 641-1010. If we miss it today, we'll get it on Breaking Bones Sunday morning at 730. We'd love for you to jump in and get that from us. Now, the Justin Herbert – surgery on his finger he basically has two hurt hands because he had the splint on the non-throwing and now they tried to go with the splint on the other so he's gone for the year yeah I didn't see I don't know if they specifically stated what type of or what finger it was no as vague as could be you know how that goes yeah you, you certainly know how right. so how that goes he had a, a fractured finger mm-hmm. and basically like any bone you open it up and paint screws or you can do what we call perk pinning where you shoot pins from the outside that's very possible if you shoot pins from the outside, you have to keep him in for four to six weeks, and then you have to take him out because you have to begin mobilizing the finger. Um, if you open it up, plate and screws, you begin mobile. You can mobilize a little sooner than that, usually about three-week mark, um, depending on the fracture type. So there are disadvantages, pros and cons to each one. But either way, I mean, we're at the tail end of the season right now, so, and I think for them – their season's probably, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So kind over. of so already down the There's no, no point of bringing him back early. I think if they were in the playoff mix, you might hear 
he might come back in four weeks or five weeks. You know, for the and last- Belichick, I think said, so "Just go ahead and sit him down now. I'll, I'll have him ready to go next year." <laughs> um, let's look to the Jaguars' opponent this Sunday, the Baltimore Ravens, um, who have gotten healthier as the season has gone on, but suffered a setback when Kyle Hamilton, the star second-year safety out of Notre Dame, suffered a Grade One MCL sprain during Sunday's win over the Rams. Um, at this point in time, they are officially listening listing him as day-to-day. Geo. We know Trevor Lawrence had a low-grade MCL sprain. We know Walker Little had a grade one MCL sprain. We saw him miss a couple games. Trevor didn't miss any. Knowing the position that Hamilton plays at safety, and he's a hard-hitting guy, but he also can play center field, do you think he goes Sunday against the Jags? I think he can go if his pain is not too much and he wears a brace to protect any further damage, right? So you wear those big braces that the O-linemen wear uh, to protect – the knee from that valgus force so that MCL doesn't keep stretching and injure it even more. Now, saying that, he can have pain where he can't play to, to his level that he needs to because it hurts too much, and that's very reasonable also. We always say there's a range, right? Trevor came back quickly, and then uh, little, little came back after a while. So it just depends. Um, it's a pain tolerance issue, and if he does play, he will be having a brace on. All right, I'll throw this one at you, and then we'll get a couple of other questions on Breaking Bones Sunday morning. Uh, all it says is Renard tendonitis in the ankle. Uh, and I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not sure. And, about I, that. and I always wonder if, if things were spelled properly. I, I, I always wonder. I mean, there's because there's I am a, a radio yeah, doctor. You have Achilles tendonitis, the most commonly yeah. Achilles tendonitis. You have peroneal tendonitis, and then you have uh, posterior tibialis tendonitis. Those are the three most common. And Achilles is the tendon in the back, peroneals are the ones on the, on the outside, and the posterior tip, the one on the inside. Either way, the treatment for all of them is originally physical therapy. Um, you cannot inject the Achilles because that has a high risk of rupture. You can inject the peroneus and the posterior tibial uh, tendon if you want to see if that, uh, with a cortisone shot, see if that improves it. Right. Of course, PRP is always an option, but those are the, the mainstays of the treatment or uh, first off, first line treatment. Well, you can inject cortisone in the Achilles. You can, no, there's a very high risk of rupture. Wow. If, yeah. if you do, so I mean, guard against look, that. You can, right? But you're going to risk rupturing it. So many, most people do not. Yeah, not recommended under the heading. Right? <laughs> That's no bueno. Yeah. All right, Doctor George Bari, breaking bones. If they miss any of our shows, they can go back and find them. Apple, Google, Spotify, and on the 1010 XL website. All right, we will talk to you Sunday morning with a little breaking bones. Yep. Doctor George Bari, Bari Orthopedics. Make sure you check them out. Uh, if you have any sports injury pain. Uh, Big Sirs, uh, we were talking about his pain earlier uh, with the dirty play that Bill Romanowski put on him, a shot to the, you know, to the region. Uh, mm-hmm. And I didn't realize they said that Romanowski got in that fight with the teammate over the microwave because mm-hmm. the teammate put food in the microwave with his food, and therefore his food was colder than expected, and that's why he beat up his teammate. You wow. believe that? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Justified. Yeah, as justified. Far as I'm By the way, I can't find it. Yes, yeah. But I did watch you just annihilate that end the entire game. So if you're just joining us, it Matt might be was, in the fourth quarter. Matt was looking for video evidence yeah. of Romanowski doing the you know the pot shot uh, on Leon because he said after you know they were they were tangled up in a pile that he hit him right there in the stones. And the jewels. And he did. Matt was trying to find it. No, Matt was trying to find the uh, redemption. The play, oh, redemption, yeah, yeah. Play. The re- yeah, yeah. redemption play. It, it took me a whole Payback. year to get him back, but he he got. But you got. did, yeah, you did. Yeah, you go got. looking for the other play too, Matt. Go look for the other play too and see if we can find that one. All right, All right Big Sirs, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, appreciate and enjoy it. your uh, Maggiano's courtesy of oh, Arlington Toyota. Absolutely. Listen, to about midnight. I think he already enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I only ate, I only ate one. The chicken parm is delicious. So about midnight, little Raymond, 
Wobble to bed. Yeah, everybody loves it. They say that's the healthiest time to eat chicken parm. Is oh, you got to watch King of Queens. You have to. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll try. You will absolutely love Doug Heffernan. All right, Big Source is out. We head into the 2 o'clock hour. You want to that before we – is that we what you Yeah, we can that this. Why not? Okay. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So your Jaguars are on the practice field for the first of three practices today, although Doug Peterson hinted that, you know, at this stage of the game, there are more walkthroughs than they are mm-hmm. contact, as we've exhausted at nauseum on this program. Two players that are not in attendance during the media portion, so they may show up, but we wouldn't see them there, um, of today's practice. Andre Sisco and Tyson Campbell, who we were just talking about, Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland are both present. Appears both have their jerseys on, and Trey Herndon also present, but does have that orange penny on. All right, so that's at least some good news. We'll cover that as- real quick on the way back. Yeah, some big college news. All right, Ooh, stick around. Let's do that at the twelve o'clock. Sexo Prime. Two o'clock. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, in a groundbreaking, and I mean groundbreaking, NCAA case, Ohio versus the NCAA, federal judge John Preston Bailey issued a temporary restraining order, this is for the next 14 days, that grants immediate eligibility to any college athlete currently seeking a second transfer. In other words, your first transfer is, is automatic. You get it. It's free, and you can play right away. Anything after that, you have to sit out a year. This ruling now gives any football player who's already transferred and play, and used that one little free get-out-of-jail-free card, now they can do it again. And for the next 14 days, cannot be held to the idea of you got to sit out a year. Yeah. And that's you are covered there, so you're grandfathered in. So now watch how much action is going to happen in the portal over the next two weeks. I just I think there's never ever ever going to be sit out of year ever again when it's We're all said there. and done. We're getting there. Like, like yesterday, you you and I argued about whether or not they would like how quickly they could get to a collective bargaining agreement with a union, and you're like you don't think and and I don't think they're ever going to deny anybody anymore. So honestly. there's Everything a preliminary is- injunction on they're looking for a preliminary injunction on December 27, the next the next date, mm-hmm. where the judge could say, here's the injunction, we're going to go to the trial, and it may be four, five, six months, a year down the line, but you have your injunction until we get to the trial, and it's heard. My thing is, are we approaching a world in which I think outside of maybe the NFL, just because of some of the benchmarks and the earmarks that are there, where we're looking at one-year deals. I mean, we already are there in the NBA. Every single year. It is now if that happens. In the NBA, we're already there. And MLB may be headed Mm -hmm. there soon, given the Shohei Otani deferral situation. If they get the preliminary junction at the end of the month, it's exactly what it is. Everyone is one-year deal. I I said it yesterday, and I'll stay with it. Instead of a letterman's jacket, players are now going to be wearing the Technicolor dream coat because it's going to have every color of every school because they're going to play for four, five, six of them. Because now – you're looking at the potential. The pandemic gave them the super senior status and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but that ends after next year. Yeah, I know, I know. Next year's <laughs> the last year for that. I, I jokingly say the only people praying for pandemics are college athletes right. so they can have extra years of eligibility. Right. But they – it's just uh, – what we knew, and let's just use a local player, Tim Tebow as an example, okay. that played four years at one university or Peyton Manning or whatever. Right. They're gone. They're long gone. Let me explain this to how people can understand this. So, Justin Fields played at Georgia, transferred to Ohio State, right? 
Remember when he had to get that had, ring? Had that, that it was yeah. it was a hardship where he was felt unsafe there because his sister his sister was, was getting yeah. uh, had racial epithets thrown at her mm-hmm. at a softball game. So nowadays, Justin Fields could leave Georgia, go to Ohio State, throw forty one touchdowns and one interception his first year there, and then say, eh, "I don't like it here. I think I'm going to go to Texas and play again the following year." Yeah, without any restraints. It's it's nuts. That's where we are right now for the next fourteen days and. If on December 27, mm-hmm. uh, Ohio versus the NCAA, Ohio gets the injunction, then it's going to be until the trial happens, which could be a year from now. Something else. It really is. By the way, we gave out our top five in college football. Uh, the games we saw in 2023, how great they were. We'll different, do different college football themes with our Power Five as we go along the next couple of weeks. But uh, a lot of you chimed in, so you can definitely keep it going. Uh, but many of the same suggestions were offered up on the text line. Uh, but the Washington, Washington Oregon championship game was nominated. Absolute bloodbath. Oregon late surge. Awesome highlights. And I can't argue with that, but that first game was just so good between the two. Texas Oklahoma, which I think was nominated. Awesome finish. Great rivalry. Multiple lead changes. Michigan Ohio State and the Iron Bowl. Nothing else needs to be said about the Iron Bowl. But the Army Navy was also mentioned. And it did. It did deliver on a number of different fronts yeah. Uh, because the pageantry that is always there with March on and, and everything you get to enjoy, but then also the, the, the great finish. So that was, I thought that was a good suggestion as well. You guys can keep it rolling with the college football talk. We'll get back to some of those injury concerns. You need to mention again those that were at least seen on the practice field for your Jaguars in the open period where the media can observe. Yes, so today at practice, which I'll be headed down to the locker room here shortly, no Tyson Campbell or Andre Sesco during the media open portion of practice. Ezra Cleveland, Walker Little were both there. Walker Little was working with the tackles. Ezra Cleveland was working with the guards. That's, That's positive. That's a very po- positive sign. Trey Herndon practiced but has that no-contact jersey as he is still in the NFL's concussion protocol. Brenton Strange back on the field catching passes. Great to see after he suffered that, that mysterious foot injury. Yeah. I, I saw him. He did have a boot on the last two weeks. So mm-hmm. we know that Doug Peterson said he stepped weird. We don't know exactly what that injury was. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more from the locker room later today. And then Jamal Agnew, who the 21-day mm-hmm. window was at, was opened this morning. He is on the practice field. And the video I'm looking at um, from Jaguar Wire, like he – he is very much returning kicks so mm-hmm. and returning punts. So a very encouraging sign because then the question becomes, if you can just say, hey, we're going to conserve him in the offensive game plan, we're just going to have him return right. punts and kicks, then you also keep Parker Washington healthy because now obviously he plays a bigger role in your offense. Uh, and, you know, good news on Britton Strange because I just wanted to uh, read John Shipley's tweet uh, from yesterday. Josh Peterson, which is son of Doug, Josh Peterson snaps on Sunday, seven. The Jaguars' third-round pick snaps in the last three weeks, five, which he's referring to Tank Bigsby, and said they have reached the point where Peterson, Peterson is officially playing more than a top 100 pick. That yeah. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> I think when you're upset about protection or upset about the run game, number one on the surface level, Tank not playing that but also not having a tight end who can effectively block and chip. And I know there's been plenty of hate surrounding the second-round pick of a blocking tight end, but you cannot deny Brenton Strange has been on the field a heck of a lot as a rookie, as a blocking yeah, tight I end. Yeah, I would definitely helped. like to see him make more plays, Right, honestly. I, I, I think but that yes. they just haven't asked him to do that. Yeah. Um, or maybe he can't. 
Yeah. No, more likely he's to. just not very good. Yeah, it, it, yeah well, we don't know. I, I I just want to see more. Uh, Luke... So always the Jags, right, JJ? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, um, I, I think that that's more so the numbers game at tight end. Yeah. Is more so, I think, what Because that they says needed something from that position, which is why Luke Farrell at least made a couple plays mm-hmm. going back a couple weeks ago. So they need that position to make plays. I mean, honestly – Parker Washington's not bad at returns. No, no. no. Uh, he's it, done a fine job. I just think any of these guys, he's not the biggest cat. Stay healthy. He's not. He's Make not, sure he's, you stay healthy. He's had a couple mistakes at receiver. He's also hasn't done bad at receiver oh, either. He's had no. two great he's catches great. for scores. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, having Agnew back would be nice, yeah. but I don't think that's going to be, oh, they got Agnew back. That was great. Yeah. He muffed yeah. a punt. He did. Yeah. He did. He fumbled no doubt. last week. No doubt. Yeah. Thank and, you, and JJ, all- for bringing us back down to earth always. I'm just yeah. saying. But to be fair, so is Agnew. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Agnew's been costly, too. So, look, all, all I know In is In the that- passing game, yes. But, yeah. I mean, as a return man. Yeah. Solid. But Very if, solid. If if Balky could do in the first couple rounds what he did in the fifth round, uh, then they certainly would get him more contributions out of the second and third round. By the way, speaking of mm-hmm. uh, Diamond Dave or whatever we're going to call bulky picks, mm-hmm. um, poor Yannick Ngakwe. Did you guys see the news? Broken ankle. Broken ankle, done for the rest of the year. I'm yeah. not saying the Bears were going anywhere, but it was a decision yeah. to go sign with the team because you wanted to be the alpha pass rusher, which obviously then they brought in Montez Sweat and that was helping his production. Mm-hmm. But just unfortunate, and it's crazy to think that, you know, in three years' time he's played on, what, five, six yeah. different teams? Yeah, two in one year. So, Crazy yeah. how fast life comes at you. Yeah, it, it is. All right, you're heading down to the locker room. Yes, sir. So we'll keep an eye on all that coming up on 1010XL, all of our social channels. Uh, we got our high school half hour. We're going to say hello to Justin Barney coming up. It's the high school half hour on XL Primetime, brought to you by Gatorade. Fuel up with Gatorade at your local Winn-Dixie and I-9 Sports, the way Look youth sports should be. High school half hour. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are sadly coming to a close uh, because we've got college football, the last regular season of the, you know, the bigs we saw over the weekend with Army, Navy. And now we've said goodbye to all of our state championship contenders. Uh, But I think we got to put a bow on the season with our man from Channel 4. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Justin Barney, he of Channel 4, at Justin Barney TV. He joins us now. Uh, Jay Barn, um, uh, first off, just uh, a glorious season to see as many football teams. Two weeks ago, there were five remaining. Last week, there were three playing for it all. Great season, and, you know, considering last year, the first of Suburban Metro, we got no teams in the state championship round for the first time since 2000. We'd been shut out. We get three this year. Unfortunately, no state championships. Manor goes down in a big way, 38-19. Uh, St. Augustine loses a heartbreaker, 21-19, uh, to Daytona Beach Mainland. And then Bradford can't get the offense going, lose to Coco, 20-6. to So, uh, great season, just no state championships for our Florida friends. Up a little bit north of our border in Blackshear, Georgia, Pierce County. A little bit out of the region, but a 48-45 triple overtime win yesterday in its state championship game. So, uh, the region uh, in our South Georgia region at least brings home one championship. All right, Justin, we love talking ball, no doubt about it, but what in the hell is going on at the FHSAA? So now yeah, they're, scrap- not- they're scrapping this thing that they you know, trumpeted for, for a couple of years. Now what? Yeah, it's back to kind of uh, you know out with the out with the new, in with the old. I guess you could say um, <laughs> it's just it, it's not it, it, you're kind of going backwards in a sense. You're, you're bringing back classes one A through seven A and keeping the uh, the small division for the rural schools. So 
Suburban Metro is no more. The proposal yesterday that was voted on was uh, really just confusing, as as are many, many FHA board meetings. But um, you really almost try and rush through a plan, not been vetted. Uh, coaches still kind of inquiring what's going on here. Um, Suburban Metro was designed with the intention to a competitive balance. And I think you've seen that last two years. Data was presented yesterday that showed how close the games had been in rounds two, three, four, and five over the last two years. And now you're going back to a, an enrollment-based system, class 1A to 7A. So uh, a little disappointing in that sense that um, you know, we seem to have something that worked, but obviously it needed a little bit of tweaking. Um, but you're going back to the enrollment-based system and uh, it, a step backward in a sense. I think uh, Suburban Metro has some good things about it. But um, again, you're in the state where Miami-Dade and the Browers and the South Florida is not a fan at all of that Metro division. Their voices carry some weight. Uh, so we're going back to the, the system we had previously, but a lot of changes. I mean, this has been like the fifth time we've switched playoff systems in the last uh, in the last eight years. So uh, very, very interesting to see what actually comes to pass an open division, which would take the top eight teams in the state uh, and put them in their own separate bracket was supposed to be voted on yesterday, but did not. But I think that still has some legs that'll be talked about in January. Yeah, I feel like NASCAR down at Daytona has taken over Florida high school activities association with the constant rule changes it's unbelievable uh we're talking with justin barney uh, uh at justin barney tv and you can check out everything he's got newsforjacks.com slash sports and i heard what you said and i think you hit the nail on the head jay barn that it's the stinking south florida power brokers that want to make sure they get to keep winning state championships instead of giving the metros you know the mandarins uh, of the world up here uh, in Reigns and several others, a shot at winning these Metro titles. Yeah, and, and their their words carry weight. Yesterday, uh, Ryan Smith, he's uh, based in South Florida, and said, you know, he said on multiple occasions, hey, if, if Suburban Metro stays intact, I've talked to many schools in our area who are going to explore other options, and um, I do think that that carries weight. And, and Metro, in a sense, has been viewed as uh, – unfairly punishing teams just because you're uh, in a bigger county and a bigger school um, and you're creating almost a, a division for um, the, the give everybody a trophy division with a suburban division. And, you know, talking to Toby Bullock, he did not like the Metro division. He thought like many coaches do, Hey, give a, you know, don't dilute us down into Metro suburban. Say if, if it was us and Bartram trail and we were the two best teams, we should be able to play. So there, there were coaches beyond the Miami and, and, South Florida region who were not proponents of that, but the suburban coaches largely you saw this year, um, you get chances to play in state championship games where in the past, I mean, a St. Augustine is, is probably not going to get by an Aquinas or a Bartram is not going to get by an Aquinas. Um, you know, so you're, you're not going to be able to compete with that in, in an era of the open enrollments and everything. So we're going backwards and I do think we'll, we'll get a playoff system that resembles something of the past. Um, but I do hope that they look at an open division because that would take, again, the Shamanon Madonnas, the Aquinases, the Lakelands, those type of guys, top eight ranked teams in the state, uh, regardless of classification, and put them in their own eight-team playoff bracket at the end. That would, you know, kind of uh, get rid of some of those teams that just dominate time and again, the Shamanon Madonnas and those types where teams just cannot compete. So I do hope that still comes to fruition. Justin, uh, just a quick recap. Second year in a row now with Bradford. One of the best teams in the state in multiple classifications can't can't get that state title. Just a tough, tough way to end the season against Coco. Yeah, it's just really difficult, right? What? Yeah, what he's done there is again. I said Jamie's a program builder. He's done it every school he's been at. 
Um, but you look at a team like a Bradford and, you know, the, the thing of suburban Metro, you're still going to have to play that monster at the end. Yeah. And Poco was that monster. And, and again, you can, um, you can clear the playoff path as, as much as you like, but you still have to beat that, uh, that one gatekeeper at the end for St. Augustine. It was mainland mainland was in a championship game last year. They lost a heartbreaker. St. Augustine did on a walk-off field goal mm-hmm. and, and Bradford too. They lost to Coco in the semis last year. Coco went on to win the title last year. Uh, they had a hard, hard time against Bradford's defense uh, last week. Four turnovers, Bradford forced, but uh, you just could not get it going on offense. And Jamie Rogers and, and that senior class that he had over there, the Chase and Clerks and uh, those kind of guys, Torin Brazels, you don't grow those guys on trees. That's yeah. a tough, uh, tough class to lose and watch. But they definitely 14-1, they, uh, they set the standard there at Bradford. And back to Brian Braddock's. Yellow Jackets, uh, that was as good a collection of talent uh, that, that I think we've had in, in St. Aug for a, for a long time, Justin, and, and it was a heartbreaker to not be able to stop them in the second half. Absolutely, and you know, you look at St. Augustine, they gave up 500 yards of offense, but uh, they, they really held things in check. You had two special, or a special teams touchdown right off the gate, uh, defensive special teams touchdown, a block field goal, so a scoop and score, but you just could not get it going offensively. And just a, an amazing season. And, you know, a lot of those guys are still juniors. So they're mm-hmm. going to bring back an unbelievable crew. I think Lachlan Hewlett and Tramiel Jones are the two best quarterbacks in the area. That's St. Augustine and Mandarin. Those two guys will both be back next year, uh, hopefully leading those teams back into state championship games. Carl Jenkins Jr., I think he and Jamie French are the two best receivers in the area. Both those guys will be back next year. Um, so St. Augustine Mandarin, despite those losses, they have got a lot to be proud of and a lot coming back, you know, if all those guys stay at their schools they're at this year and then uh, compete for next year. Both those teams are going to be fantastic and even better next season. Something else. Uh, listen, uh, we always appreciate your time, and we will look forward to next week where we might get the best story, best coach, best player from you uh, next week, but also looking at recruiting next week. And this is, this is an, an important time right now for a lot of youngsters out there on the high school front. Absolutely, and uh, especially when you figure uh, that that transfer portal, this is actually a a huge time. The early signing period in football has become uh, the best signing period of the year. It's not that February date like it used to be, but this is a huge cycle for kids, and uh, we've got a lot of kids in the class of 2024. You know, a Colin Hurley going to LSU. we got a lot of kids in this area going to big-time schools this year, but an even better class around the corner in 2025. All right, buddy, sounds good. We appreciate it. We will talk to you then. Take care, guys. Thanks at Justin Barney TV and newsforjacks.com slash sports. We say thanks to Gatorade. Don't forget, it is the world's number one sports drink and the proven fuel of high school athletes. Nothing beats Gatorade, and you can find it at your local Winn-Dixie and I-9 Sports. My buddy Doug's got the entire First Coast covered when it comes to sports. Kids ages 3 to 17, and they've got winter and spring registration going on right now. New parks, courts opening up all over the place, so just log on i9sports.com, and you can check it out and enter 1010 in that promo code for a discount. So good stuff from Jay Barn. Uh, really a bummer that those teams could not get to that state title, but playing in that state title game, definitely some memories for a lot of these kids. Uh, we'll come back, get back on the the rule that has been put out there that Matt mentioned about the idea of right now, you can go right back into the transfer portal. You go anywhere you want with no sanctions whatsoever for a player. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. 
Now that's cool on 1010XL. Hanging out on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Don't forget, they've got it going on tomorrow night with trivia. Friday night, under the lights, on the patio. Music, different local acts every week. And always a great menu to go along with it. And you'll see plenty of people having a big time. If you want to play some golf, definitely call the Golf Club of Southampton. 287-PLAY and enjoy. Uh, I wanted to bring this up before we mention the the transfer portal rule that uh, a judge just came down with a new ruling. You know, we did our best college football games of 2023, and look, our list could have gone on and on and on. We had some crossovers, but there were a lot of great football games and how quickly it comes to an end. Uh, but this was thrown out on, on X. Imagine if you were told before the season that 12-1 and Georgia, 13-0 and Florida State, 11-1 and Ohio State, all miss the playoffs and that Texas and Washington make the playoff. Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman. Mizzou goes 10 and two. Arizona goes nine and three. And then it finishes with God. I love college football. There were some good stories. There really were. We still have the bowl games to look forward to, but it evaporates right in front of us. So dang fast. Uh, Missouri as good a, a story in college football this year with Elijah Drinkowitz basically being looked at as if he doesn't get it done, he's gone. Had a pretty good season this year. Yeah, there's plenty. This was plenty of good stories. This yeah, season. I mean, it, it's, I mean, USC tanking, another mm-hmm. great story. Yeah, I don't know if it's a great story. No, it, I mean, it's it is a great you writing it, the story. It's but a, well, I mean, it's 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 part of the entire season. I expected it's Lincoln Riley that can't to be bolt. ignored. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I mean, Texas A and M, another. Fantastic story throughout the season. What a piece with Jimbo. of Jimbo. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I think it was just a fun, and it's every year it's a phenomenal season because it's just so short, the time frame, the three month little window that you have to enjoy it and to enjoy everything about it, not just the. That's the thing too. The games are great, but the drama outside of the game, week by week, even day by day, is just phenomenal. Well, the volatility in that oh in that God. arena everywhere. Yes. Well, yeah, the volatility in that arena has got has has exponentially just been raised yes. so much because of the pressure to win, the pressure to keep a player, to get a player, you know, all these things. And and it's nonstop. Now here's the strange, not strange, but it's not just the schools either, Joe. Yeah. Because the NCA actually used information from a rival school to, to do an end around on a coach they couldn't get at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. but did and then shared that information, which it never does. Yeah. With the Big Ten, because the Big Ten was worried about the mutiny of its coaches. Well, then the that's big, all in one season. And then the Big Ten shared it with schools, member schools. Yes, it's it, it really we're talking about Jim Harbaugh, and they basically exposed or helped other schools try and expose and you know what? him. You know what Michigan did? Three zero. Well, yeah, in the playoff. I, I I wasn't rooting for them. Uh, I wasn't necessarily rooting against them. Nor was I. It was but, just fabulous theater. The whole yeah, thing was. But it was it was something else. All right, so let's repeat what. The judge ruled. So a federal judge in Ohio ruled for it's Ohio versus the NCAA ruled for players that they if you've you know right now the NCAA rule is you can only have you only have one free transfer mm-hmm. and by free transfer that means if you leave one school and go to another you can play immediately you don't have to sit out a year like you used to have to do back in the archaic ages of I don't know twenty twenty yeah exactly um, not that so, long ago so now with this ruling and for the next fourteen days until a hearing on December twenty seven any player 
can transfer to any school and be immediately eligible again, even if you've already even if you've already transferred once. So, and and if you transfer within those fourteen days, the NCAA cannot come back and say you you're ineligible now. You are eligible right then if you are transferring those fourteen days. So now what I was saying was now wait and see what happens over the next fourteen days with guys leaving because. If you've got guys that transferred prior and didn't want to be where they are now, but they have to because they don't want to sit out a year Mm -hmm. because they only have one year left, this could get very interesting over the next two weeks. And that hearing on the 27th could lead to a preliminary injunction where the judge says, look, it's wide open until you have this court case, which could be a year down the road. And that's the Ohio versus the – That's Ohio versus NCAA, yeah. Okay, so it is a little confusing to me because you've been following. I haven't been following all of it, but – it sounds like you know it's Ohio, the state, versus you know the NCAA, but it still applies for, to for the everybody. entire country. Yes, because it was a federal, the federal in, judge in, in a federal courtroom, uh, which is still nuts. What about the Jaguars versus the state of Ohio? Could you fix that in, in a courtroom? Because no. they they just lost their last two. You the can't state fix of Ohio. pass rushing. Yeah, they they definitely need to either. fix that. But I, like like let's just use Dylan Gabriel. This is not a good example. Yes. But it's popping in my head right now. So well, he's a grad it. assistant. He's a gra- graduate transfer. So okay. it doesn't matter. All right. Him. So like is Riley Dyke Leonard well. is Riley Leonard a grad? Uh, probably. He probably graduated from Duke. Let's let's just use like a. You're guessing that he's smart. I, right. I, I Let, know let's let's just say yeah. that that Trevor Etienne began his career at LSU, then transferred to Florida this past year, right. then realized, my God, what am I doing with Billy Napier? I can't go because I've already used my free trap mm-hmm. pass. Now he can. Now okay, he can but- go to Georgia and play for Georgia in 2024. In the next two weeks, and maybe longer after the he December already has one free hearing. transfer. He does. I'm using him yeah. as an example. Okay, so let's use just play my game. <laughs> He's saying so, if he would have I'm already. Saying if he yeah, was, right. yeah, but play That's my right. game. Is it really yeah. going to apply to as many people? You be you as might be surprised. Think. You might be surprised. All right, so play my game. Trevor Etienne uses his free right. and decides to go somewhere, and then this guy, this judge in Ohio, says, "You got 14 days. You're wide open, right? Yeah. Can he do it again and come back to Gainesville?" Without penalty. I mean, it's like Lane Kiffin, the coach? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, then he might. That would be all right. By the way, I did figure out, Matt wants to fire Billy, but he doesn't want us to fire no, Brandon I Staley. don't want to fire Billy. That That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. But I did you figure that him. out? Like, you feel bad when we're trying to can Staley, but you're trying to can no, Billy. No, I, I hope he succeeds. I don't think Because I think so. he's a pretty good guy. I just think you... You have empirical evidence right now. Oh, yeah, it's not good. It's hard to ignore. Yeah, that part of it's not good. All right, we wrap our show up. We say hello to the Frangie Show. Coming up next. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. We are getting ready for the Frangie Show, and they are out on location. Island Wings, Bartram, Lauren Brooks joins us now. Lauren, how are you? Joe, I'm great. Thanks. How was your birthday evening? Oh, listen, we had, thank you very much. We had pizza party, uh, pizza, uh, I called it pizza and pints, uh, and had a great time. The grandbabies made, uh, you know, the cards and everything, and so we had a great time. It was awesome. It was awesome. Now, a pizza party, does that mean you made your own pizzas? No. Now, we'll go to one later in the year where we sling our own pizzas, but Mm -hmm. this one was just straight pick up and pour. (laughs) (laughs) Pick up and pour. I like that. Serve the pizza, pour the beers. Exactly. So it was good. And they'll be doing that over there, I'm guessing, at Island Wings, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, probably less pizza, but uh, more wings. And, mm-hmm. of course, coconut shrimp as well. And, yep. yeah, we've got a lot of get, to get into. And, obviously, today, not necessarily the greatest of weather. So come hang out here where it's nice and warm and cozy. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the Jags, at least they came out with their injury report, and it's somewhat positive as far as maybe getting healthy for Sunday night. Yes, thank goodness, right? I mean, and they get a little, you know, few more hours on Sunday as opposed to a 1 o'clock kick. I don't know if that'll help anybody, but certainly the fact that certain guys are trending towards playing that is huge for this team because we've obviously seen it take so much attrition and and I think you noticed very clearly especially on defense some of those miscommunications are all I think because guys are, are kind of thrown in there have been thrown in there and so yeah getting healthy that is the hope for me uh, for Sunday night well we will be listening and uh, enjoy there and then the Christmas party later that's right see you later have all fun right. all right Lauren Brooks Frank Franchi hates Carline Island Wings Bartram right there in the SJC. So you can hang out with them. But first. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Takeaway. My, my takeaway is what, what's that Austin Powers line? Get in my belly. Get in the portal over the next 14 days. <laughs> That's simple as it gets. That should say sure. transfer over the next 14 yeah. days. Uh, my takeaway is that uh, Doug Peterson has challenged his players uh, to be mentally strong, be physically strong, make more plays. It's been a minute since this season started. You're not young. You're not a rookie. There's no more excuses. So we'll see what that nets them Sunday night against the Ravens. We are done. Don't forget Mia down in the locker room. So you got plenty that will be coming out on the 1010XL social channels. And thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Look for them for a great golf experience. And Greens are rolling beautifully. It's in great shape, so enjoy just a little bit of a cooler weather pattern. You can head on out, call 287-PLAY. Enjoy it at the Golf Club of Southampton. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Mia, Big Sirs, and JJ, you got the Frangie Show coming up.